From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to a special edition of Hand Raised Guys, the uh, timer. I, I think my internet blinked for a split second there. Sorry about that. In fact, I know it did because I just lost a screen in my office. Anyway, Hand Raised Guys brought to you by the College Corner Ole Miss headed to Omaha. 5 nothing win today over uh, Southern Miss. A sweep. Ole Miss wins 10 nothing. 5 nothing. Dominant. Absolutely dominant performance for the Rebels. So much to get to. We'll get to a lot of that. We'll take calls. I'll uh, answer this. Uh, I'll answer this today or now because it's going to get asked over and over. Chase is at the game. He's going to be doing some post game stuff. Uh, I'm sure he's got some content ready. He got the the uh, gift of a blowout. Uh, that is a writer's best friend on a on a story like this. So um, anyway, he as soon as he can, he'll join. I don't know whether he's going to join from the press box if he gets to a quiet place, or if he's going to try to get back to his hotel there in Hattiesburg to join. But It'll be a minute before he does, so hang tight. It's not going to be here in the next 10, 15 minutes. Post game's going on. If Ole Miss puts, uh, if Ole Miss puts the um, post game up on its FTP, its file transfer uh, portal, I will grab it, play it for you guys here. Uh, they did for the pregame on uh, Friday. They did not do it after yesterday's game. I don't know whether that was an NCAA thing or whether that was an Ole Miss thing or whether it was a technical thing. I don't know. Anyway, Ole Miss wins 5 nothing. A uh, crazy season that began with um, Omaha or bust as the theme. One that uh, saw Ole Miss get all the way up to number one in the rankings. One that saw Ole Miss fall all the way to 7-14 and 14 in the SEC going into the final three weeks of the season. One that saw Ole Miss lose on Tuesday night against Vanderbilt in Hoover. And go to bed that night not feeling so good about their chances just to get into the NCAA tournament. A season that saw Ole Miss get the very last at-large bid for the NCAA tournament. A three-seed in Miami in the Coral Gables Regional. Ole Miss has rolled through the postseason at this point 5-0. and They are headed to Omaha. They will play. If I've got the bracket right, and I think I do. If I don't, forgive me. Ole Miss will play on Saturday. Um, I think it's the 6 o'clock game, if I'm reading the bracket correctly. They'll play the winner of the um, Auburn-Oregon State Super Regional. Uh, Auburn leads that Super Regional one game to none after winning last night in Corvallis 7-5. Those two teams play again tonight at 9 Central Time out in Corvallis. If Auburn wins tonight, obviously Auburn is headed to the NCAA NCAA College World Series. If Oregon State wins tonight to force a third game, that game will be played tomorrow at a time to be determined. Uh, Some college games going on as we speak. Uh, We'll get to all that in a little bit. There's a lot to get to. I'll open up the phones in a minute. I do want to cover a couple of uh, business things. This show made possible tonight by the College Corner Store. It's collegecornerstore.com. Go to that site. Just search College World Series, College World Series in the search bar, and you can get the latest uh, Ole Miss branded College World Series gear. It's uh, right there on the side. I think I was talking to Scott Wern the other day, and we've texted here in the last little bit. I think that stuff is up on the site now. If it's not, it's going to be up any minute now. So keep checking. Get your gear. You'll have it uh, in time for the uh, for the start 
of the College World Series. Everything gets started on Friday again. Ole Miss plays on Saturday. I'm pretty sure it's the 6 o'clock game. I think Ole Miss plays on Saturday after the winner of um, Stanford, Connecticut, which right now is um, UConn leads that series one nothing. That the winner of that series will play the winner of the Arkansas North Carolina series. Arkansas won game one of that series. They're tied right now two to two in the top of the ninth inning in Chapel Hill. If uh, Arkansas finishes this game and wins it, obviously they advance to Omaha. If North Carolina comes back and wins, Arkansas and North Carolina will play a third game in Chapel Hill tomorrow. I would assume tomorrow night, but I don't know. At some point to be determined. So, uh, anyway, Ole Miss dominant today. Um, Hunter Elliott was terrific. Uh, Ole Miss got timely hits. Southern Miss pitched fairly well today. It just didn't matter. Um, Right now, Ole Miss is playing like a team that's just on a mission. I said this on the Peyton Chatney show uh, earlier in the week, and Peyton kind of agreed. I think they thought they were dead on um, that Tuesday night early Wednesday morning when they lost to Vanderbilt in Hoover. I think they thought they're probably a win short. They went into that weekend, kind of had some hope, and then uh, bid stealers happened, one after the other after the other. And I just don't think they felt good about their chances to uh, make the tournament. And then once they found out they were in, I just think this team has relaxed. I know the knock on Mike Bianco and Ole Miss teams and Super Regionals is that they get tight. Ole Miss was not tight. They were never tight. They weren't tight at all yesterday. I thought Southern Miss was a little tight. I thought the heat got to Southern Miss a little bit. When you're trailing in games and you feel like you're pressing and it's super hot and it's on your home field and the fans are hanging on every pitch and all of those things, I think it can get tense for the team that is, quote, favored to win. And for Southern Miss, which had this you know historic season and all of that stuff, I just think they felt pressure. Ole Miss, meanwhile, started this season with all the pressure in the world. And, and again, at 7-14 and 14 in the league, I just think Ole Miss thought, hey, look, all we can do now is just go play. We can just go play. I remember Peyton saying, you know, we've got to win seven of the next nine. And he kind of laughed about it like that's really hard to do. It's hard to – if you play really well, that's hard to do. And that's exactly what they did. They swept Missouri. They swept LSU. They got one against Texas A&M. It turned out to be just enough. And Ole Miss is headed to Omaha. And the whole Mike Bianco storyline, gone. There's some stories in our admin that we can delete now. Um, stories that needed to be written, that were going to be written, had this team not done what they did. But they go to Coral Gables, go 3-0 and in a regional. They go to Hattiesburg, dominate a super regional. And frankly, we'll get to this a little bit, Tennessee eliminated today by Notre Dame in the uh, Knoxville Super Regional. Notre Dame with two huge home runs, I think, in the eighth inning. Um, it's wide open now. There's, there's not a team that's left. Two teams to this point have punched their tickets. Texas A&M is in the uh, College World Series. Oklahoma is in the College World Series. There's some other games going on. We talked about Arkansas, North Carolina, East Carolina, and Texas are in a uh, weather delay in game three of their um, Super Regional, which is in um, in Greenville. It's one-to-one. Texas leads, though, pretty big. I think four-to-nothing in, in game three. So Texas – closing in on the uh, College World Series. So, um, yeah, a lot there. I'll open up the phones. I'll get to that. uh, I need to post that number. I'm flying solo here, so everybody's kind of, please bear with me. 
Again, collegecornerstore.com. Go to uh, search College World Series on the site. Get the latest uh, Ole Miss gear. It's uh, College World Series branded Ole Miss gear. It's ready to go. Scott was ordering it last week, getting it ready. And um, a lot of work that he was hoping would come to fruition, and it did because the Rebels are headed to Omaha. So um, that's there. I forgot to mention a couple things. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for our buddy Corey. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. Do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Uh, this will be the Oxford Exxon podcast tomorrow. Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. It's um, it's not the one on uh, Jackson that puts the Oxford Exxon on their walls. That's not the Oxford Exxon. The Oxford Exxon is Highway 6 West next to Crystal. Great place to fill up. Great snacks. Uh, beer selection. Uh, plate lunches. The whole deal. They take great care of you. They've been with us for a long time. So we appreciate that. Make sure that you stop in. Let them know how much you appreciate them sponsoring this podcast for 10 plus years now. So we will um, get to calls. I'm going to take one now. Hey, caller, hang on real quick. I'm going to open up a couple things here on my end, and then I will get to you. Who do we have? Eric. Barrett? Eric. Hey, Eric. How are you? What's going on, man? Good. What you got going on? You excited? When are they going to build the Tim Elko sign? The, uh, they're probably building that here pretty soon, Eric. I, I would I would think Tim has, has probably earned more than a sign, maybe a statue or no telling. Is he your favorite player? Yes, sir. Are you headed to Omaha, Eric? hope so. <laughs> you hope so? Okay. Well, hey, Eric, mm-hmm. thanks for calling, bud. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. That was Eric. Let's see. I need to get the number up. We haven't done this in a while, so it's kind of it's not secondhand. All right. Let's see. All right. So the number's up. Uh, 662-259-0991. We had some calls coming. I've got to. There we go. All right. Um, yeah. So. Hey, caller. Who do we have? Hey, this is uh, Craig from Wichita. How we doing, Neil? Hey, Craig, I'm good. How are you? Oh man, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. They make it interesting, don't they? They didn't make it all that interesting this weekend. Um, they dominated. That wasn't. I, I had people going, please don't. I had some guy tweet at me going, please don't do the countdown thing. And I'm like, man, they're winning. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I'm not doing it, but there, there was no drama. They, they dominated. There was. To me, there was never a moment today that I thought, oh, they're in trouble. I know Southern Miss loaded the bases in the eighth, I think. But, I mean, even if they'd scored a couple of runs there, I felt really good about Ole Miss's chances. They were up 5-0. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. My my question to you, Neil, is, you know, I hear hear you talk a lot over the years just about – hey, when the when the sports gods hand you a story, right? Yeah. Uh, it, is this the best story in college baseball, or do you think the Notre Dame thing taints some of that, or is this the best story? Uh, it's way up there. Um, Notre Dame's a great story because Notre Dame knocked off Goliath, right? And the whole country was cheering against Notre Dame. So, um, <laughs> I mean, against Tennessee. So everybody was kind of for the Irish today. That's, that's a great story. There's no way around that. Um, but this is – 
This is a really good. This is a really neat story. This is a. I mean this. This wasn't the kind of season. This wasn't a typical Ole Miss baseball season, right? I mean, you know, I mean they they started out number uh, really high. They worked their way up to number one. But I think if you watched them, you were like, I don't know, man, because I can remember Chase and I would finish this show numerous occasions. And we, you know, there's like a post production processing thing that we have to do, and I. I have to condense a file and get, move the file to him so he can add some things to it and stuff. So there's some stuff that we have to do and take 10, 15 minutes usually after we finish that we're sitting in here together. And usually we don't talk about anything Ole Miss related, but there were a few times that I was like, you think this team's very good? And he would say, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of questions. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I one time he asked me, he goes, I know you're watching a lot. What do you think? And I said, I don't know. I don't think they have enough pitching don't think their defense is good enough. I'm like, they might be a I – th- I said, they're a postseason team, but I don't I don't see it really. I mean, I said, because they got time. And then the losses came. You know, they went like a month where they just didn't play very well. And, and I mean, it wasn't, that, it wasn't just that they got beat. It was that they weren't playing particularly well. And, yeah. you know, I saw a little sign, speaking of North Carolina, just takes a three-to-two lead, top of the ninth. Arkansas is the home team today in game two. Speaking of Arkansas, I saw some signs from Ole Miss in that series in Fayetteville. Um, you know, that, that, that there was some life. I know they lost two out of three, but they could have easily swept the series, could have easily won two out of three. They didn't. They didn't get the timely hit that weekend. They didn't get the timely out. Arkansas did, but there were some signs that weekend. And they came back, and you know the rest. I mean, they had to win. They had no choice but to win. And they did. They won. Yeah. They, they they swept Missouri, which is what they had to do. They couldn't take two out of three from Missouri. They had to sweep Missouri. And I'll tell you, there's a moment. There was a moment in that Missouri series. It was in the first inning of the first game that I thought was the. I, I think it was the turning point for this team season. Missouri had the bases loaded and had a lead, and uh, I think it was two to nothing, bases loaded, and uh, Delucia was not sharp, and they. Um, they got out of that inning and went on to win the game kind of handily, swept them, went to LSU, swept LSU, only got one against a, what is, turns out to be a very good Texas A&M team. And I don't know. You know the rest. Once they got into the postseason, I just think they played free and loose. That they was not the whole typical – I mean, I know all the angst was around them. I think this team benefited. I'm curious whether you do, Craig. I think this team benefited by not playing at home in the postseason. I think getting to get on the road and go to Coral Gables and get on the road and go to Southern Miss and 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 – just kind of stay within themselves, I think benefited them. Well, I mean, I think that's when you see a veteran team, right? I mean, like uh, one thing that you called on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, you said Southern's going to be tight. Boy, you can just see it. It yeah. felt like every bat, every swing, it felt like they were swinging with the weight of the world, right? And, you know, boy, it's a lot more fun to be the hunter than the hunted, right? And I think I yeah. think a veteran team showed that. Well, you know, they had all the pressure, and they had that whole historic season thing. And, you know, you kind of see a little of it with East Carolina right now. You know, like yesterday they, they had a – I've watched a lot of college baseball. The games run together. I want to say a 7-2 to two lead against Texas, and it yeah. got away, and Texas ended up beating them on a walk-off in the ninth or 10th. I can't remember which. And you can just see it today. With it's still, there's still plenty of time. They're in a weather delay, but God, East Carolina looks tight as a drum. And and on the other side, Texas doesn't. And um, I don't know. They're kids, you know. It's human. It's a it's a natural thing to to do. And this team, this team isn't isn't tight. 
Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, every Ole Miss fan, we've all hated on Bianco, right? We've all done all these all these crazy things. But, man, I tell you, you see a great team and a great program like a Texas or an Ole Miss, and I think they, they just play loose because they've been there before. This is when – this is when it matters, and I thought you could tell the difference between the two programs this week, too. Did you feel that? Yeah, and I also could see that one program was an SEC program and one program was a Conference USA program. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's frankly, I mean, here's the thing. Look, Miami's really good. Miami had really good pitching in that second game, that Saturday game, Sunday game was a hell of a baseball game, and the kid from Miami was terrific. So I'm not saying Ole Miss had an yep. easy draw or anything like that. But once they got past Miami, that was going to be the hardest team they were going to play. Yeah. And they did it, you yeah. know, and you get a path, and sometimes you get an opportunity, and, and the second half of getting an opportunity is seizing it, and they did. And um, and frankly, listen, I mean, they could lose to Auburn. They could lose to Oregon State, but they could beat either one of those two teams. Uh, they could they could okay. lose to North Carolina. They could lose to Arkansas, but they could beat either one of those two teams, Stanford, Connecticut, one of those teams that I just named is going to play for the College World Series. They're going to play for the title. One of those teams is going to play for the titles. I mean, if I'm Ole Miss and I'm them getting on the bus tomorrow morning or whenever it is that they come home, I would assume tomorrow, my attitude, my attitude would be, why not us? Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, last, uh, last question for you, and then let all their callers go. But, hey, does this – now that Mike has made it back to Omaha – do you start the conversation of Bianco's legacy? Do you think yeah. that? Do you think the conversation shifts now? Yeah, yeah that that conversation's over now. I mean, yeah. people can do the whole stuff about what happened in two thousand six or seven or whatever. I mean, I, I, that's that's ancient history, and the game has changed. And he's he's one of one of three one of two coaches in the in the in the SEC to go to three straight super regionals. He's one of I think four. To go, I don't, I don't remember the number. One of one of four to in the in the nation to go to him, and now he's going to Omaha. So that I think that goes away. And as his legacy was always going to be great, but now he's he's got a chance to really change it. And I, I think we can put the whole Omaha thing to bed now. He's he's done it a couple of times. There will be people who hold the first ten years against him or whatnot. Those people are they have at this point it it, it begins to smack of an agenda. Yeah. That's right. Well, thanks, Neil. Appreciate the appreciate the time. Thanks, Craig. I know people are calling. We uh, one of these days we'll have a, a a call screener. We just we're not there yet. Uh, let's see. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. This guy's been trying to call a number of times. So I'm glad I grabbed him. Hey, who's this? Hey, this is Drew. Hey, Drew. What's up, man? I just want to, you know, kind of put things in perspective looking back at where we were about a month ago, and I was just wondering, you know, who's going to be the skipper of this ball club next year? <laughs> It'll be Mike unless Mike doesn't want to do it. You think? You don't think uh, we're still going to get someone else? <laughs> you know, here's the thing, and there will be people who will kind of attack the people who were critical, and there will be people who kind of come after some media. But look, at 7-14, and 14, here's what I can tell you. It was over. Had they not made the NCAA? Right. Had they not made the NCAA tournament, it was over. The change was going to get made. It was getting done. That's how close. That's that's the crazy part of this story is that they go from it was done. I mean, at this point, if you're with us, you either trust our sourcing or you don't. 
and sure, if you, and yeah. if and if you don't, I don't know why people are still here. Um, but if you do, here's what we can tell you: is that it was done. Do you uh, do you think that lit a fire under the team? No, no. Um, I think what lit a fire under the team was two things. One, when they went seven and two, I don't think it was about Mike or anything. It was about this is a, a veteran group of guys that really likes each other that that came back that lost a COVID year, all that stuff. And then I think once, and Peyton and I talked about this on, on his show, once they got in, it was, oh, well, why not? Let's go play. I mean, look, they were done, right? I mean, they, they were the last team in. The argument of they barely got in is not an argument. It's an absolute fact. The, the NCAA people said it. They were the last team in. They were the last at-large bid. They knew that. They knew it that morning. They're like, oh, my God, we, how close we came to not getting in. And once you get a second breath like that, you get an, a new lease on life, it's kind of the guy who, you know, have a, has a bad car crash. And the, the guy goes, man, you should have died. And he didn't. And he's like, I'm, you know what, I'm going to start living every day now. He kind of like that a little bit. And that, look at the way they've played since then. That, and then here's the other thing. To get away from all the the feel good stuff and get to the, the the also the meat of it, two things happen. One, uh, Delusia, uh, Delusia has been terrific as an ace, and Hunter Elliott has pitched like an ace. That's a lot of it. Hunter Elliott has been terrific since he got inserted into the rotation. He's been kind where, do you, where do you put Hunter's game today and top uh, you know performances pitching wise for Ole Miss? I'm not a historian, but I can't. I mean, other than like a couple of the Pomeranz games, um, that'll be a better question for Chase. But from the games that I've watched, it's it's way up there. And the kid just was. I mean, ice ice in his veins, ice in his veins. No doubt. He, he wasn't he wasn't at all intimidated by the moment. Any. I mean, it's amazing to watch freshmen do that. I just watched a freshman for Arkansas just get a big hit right there. Some of these freshmen have just played such high-level baseball in their lives that they get in these environments, and it just doesn't freak them out, and that's Hunter. You talk to anybody in Tupelo, and I'm in Tupelo a lot because of my son and his soccer stuff, and so I'm there a lot, and I know a lot of people that were around that program and watched him play and know his family, and they'll tell you that kid's just he's just all a gamer. That's what he is, and you see it. You saw it today. He was terrific. Uh, and the kid for Southern Miss was good today. But Ole Miss just kind of grinded him and got to him finally. And you know the rest. I mean, yep. they, you know, Delusia was fantastic um, yesterday. Uh, just wore them out. Absolutely, absolutely wore them out. Then the bullpen was solid. They got big hits. You know, when Southern Miss thought they had hit the home run and they didn't get it, they kind of deflated. And, and Ole Miss did what a killer is supposed to do. When, when, when they let their guard down, you, you pounce. And that's what happened. And, I mean, it's, it's the antithesis of all of the, the Ole Miss, the stereotypical, whether it's fair or not, the stereotypical Ole Miss baseball stuff that, that we do with them. Sure, yeah. First time, long time. Uh, just thanks for taking my call. Hey, I, I really appreciate it very much, Drew. Thank you. Yeah, take it easy. Okay. All right, phones are uh, back open. I'll put that number back up. I've had people calling. I, I know been several of you trying to call. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, so if you call, I will grab you. Um, number of people calling this. Again, uh, Chase will join in a little bit. Don't forget collegecornerstore.com. 
Uh, search College World Series on the site to get your uh, Ole Miss-branded uh, College World Series gear. Hey, who do we have? What's up, Neil? It's Bob and Reb. Hey, Bob, and how are you? I'm doing great, man. I think I'm walking distance from this little liquor shack. I'm going to see if they have any champagne. <laughs> um, hey, I ran out of my vodka last night. I, I was able to make one little drink when the game started, but that's about it. I may, I may have to make a walk over to the uh, liquor shack and see if I can get some champagne. As long as you don't but, follow uh, don't follow bakers with champagne. Take it take it from someone who has some experience. As long as you know, oh, is it, was that the was that the Cubs night? Did yeah. you learn that the hard way? Yeah, I learned that the hard way. But you know what? The champagne after your adrenaline wears off, the champagne on top of the bourbon, it's not not the great. I don't I don't think it's the perfect not pH. A great mix. Not a great mix. So what'd you think? This had to be a great weekend, huh? I mean, you had to be thrilled. Yeah, um, I'm going to eat some delicious crow tonight. I mean, um, I think I just posted on the message board, look, I don't know if I'll be ever to forgive Mike for Black Monday because I was there and it was just so awful, but this kind of just, it stings a lot less now, you know? Sure. Because that was the big thing. It was like, hey, he went to Omaha once, but he's been here for 20-plus years, and he's only gone once. And we've had teams that could easily have gone to the World Series but just couldn't get over the hump again. And you know what? And, and, I'm just, and, and not to interrupt you, but like the, the Tennessee loss today had announcers talking about this, and it's so true, and I think we forget about this part, right? I do at least. I, I think a team is destined, if you will. We talk about that. Ole Miss has had two or three teams that were destined for Omaha. That didn't get there. And then you saw it with Arkansas last year. They were number one the whole year, and they didn't get to Omaha. Tennessee was number one basically after they got through sweeping Ole Miss back in, was that March? Uh, Tennessee's dominated. Yeah. I mean, it's been like a, a – we've just considered it a given, right, that that, uh, that that Tennessee was going to the College World Series. Hell, most of us – I mean, there were people that were legitimately saying, hey, who would you take to win the whole thing, Tennessee or the, or the, the pool, the field? And people were going to oh, I'd take I probably ten- would have taken Tennessee. I yeah. would have too. And, and, and they're not there. And that's kind of the point, which is sometimes the part of it that, that people just don't think about is how freaking hard it is sometimes to win a championship, how hard it is just to get to Omaha, how you sometimes in the middle of it, you have to get a break or two. You know, like in past years, Ole Miss's pitching has kind of run out at the end. And this year, for whatever reasons, plural, their pitching didn't run out. In fact, their pitching got stronger late in the year. We talked about Hunter. We talked about DeLucia. But I thought Brandon Johnson got more dominant late in the year. Mallets got much better late in the year, I thought. Sometimes it's just it's – it's, I think it's why we love sports and why we sports torture us is because sp- – Especially baseball. Yeah. So, but, know, but, baseball I mean, like, just like, kind of has that random – Yeah. It, it's very random, right? I mean, Tennessee today, it's – who would have thunk it? Not me. I mean, anybody – I mean, nobody was like, yeah, you know, Tennessee's in trouble this weekend. And there might have been one guy in the country that was like, I'm kind of going with Notre Dame, but everybody went with Tennessee. And I don't know. It's – it's yeah, it's the randomness of sports. It's why we love it, why we hate it, why it drives us crazy, all that stuff. But this team – this team, once it – once it hit its valley, it, it had two choices. It could quit. Or it could decide, hey, we're going to give it everything we've got, and we have to, and, and that includes winning. That includes no 
There's no bad luck allowed. There's nothing. We have to win. And and they did. I, I want to say two things, though, because I had a friend tell me this the other night. Do you think them being one and done in Hoover might have helped a little bit? Yeah. I said that. I told Chase that. I think I said it on a podcast. I can't remember. But I told Chase that I was watching the regional round kind of around the country. You know, I was flipping around and watching games, and I had the, the – um, What's it called? The thing where they switch around to the country. It's the they do a really good job with it. I can't think of what it's called right now, but yeah, I've yeah, wa- I've watched it right the last two weekends. Um, they've done a really good job with that. But I, I noticed that there were two or three teams that I thought late in the year looked a little gassed. Auburn, I thought looked gassed late. Um, like Auburn really struggled with Kentucky in the SEC tournament. I thought they looked tired. Um, if you go back and look at it, Arkansas looked terrible for the last month of the season. They looked really bad like I, I think they thought they were done they they lost a host site all that stuff they they got one they got two and done because they they earned a you know one of the top eight spots or whatnot um one of the top four spots i should say but they you know i thought i thought those three teams in particular really benefited i thought they looked fresher uh in the postseason and then on the flip side there were some teams that played deep into that thing in tennessee now you wonder florida teams that went a long way in that tennessee thing won it didn't they yeah, Tennessee won it, and they did what kids do, which is even though you have nothing to win there, you start playing to win. And yeah, just being competitive. Yeah, yeah it's a champion. Okay. There's a trophy on the line, and and so I, you know. another thing too, um, and this is a credit to Mike, and I've been very critical of Mike for a while, but and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but was it 2019 wasn't it right before ross took the a&m job there was a vibe that he may have been let go if ross wouldn't have gone to a&m because i think 2019 towards the end of the season they weren't good and then they won like four or five games yeah because there was a there was a name that kept popping up here that i thought was it was fairly sourced I, I, i think ross had a an infatuation with a certain candidate that was out there is Butch Thompson um, that, that I think he was really interested yeah. in who at the time I think was, you know, probably would have, would have taken the job. Taking it. Yeah. Arkansas, think, Arkansas headed to the I, college world series. They just walked off North Carolina. So another SEC team in. Oh, by the way, I put this in a group chat with a bunch of my oldest friends. We need to be cheering our asses off for Auburn tonight. I would much rather face Auburn than Oregon State. Yeah, if I were Ole Miss, I'd rather face Auburn too. Um, yeah. Auburn, Auburn's, a, Auburn's good. Really good coach. It's just yeah. you know, yeah. didn't they sweep Auburn this year already? You know, uh, Ole Miss took two out of three to open the SEC season at Auburn, so that might as well be a decade ago, and <laughs> that will have no bearing, yeah, that, whatever on, on that, uh, that. What I would say, man, that's a that's a freaking credit to Mike. I mean, his job was kind of on the line in nineteen, and then granted, I don't the timeline Mike not be right i think ross may have taken the job and then they got hot and then it i mean i think you said it earlier if they wouldn't have gotten a bid he would have been let go yeah and you know the this is his first road regional he's ever won right was this year yeah first road regional that that mike's ever won and it, which is crazy yeah I mean, yeah but it, but hey he re, you it, know regionals are, had to do. regionals are hard to win I mean, they are. That's the part of this that I I, I kind of catch myself saying a lot because I think it I think it bears repeating. It's I, I was you know I was <laughs> I was with my parents some this weekend and and my dad asked, "Well, is that team good?" And I, and I finally just said it. I said, "Hey, if you get to this place, the last sixteen teams, everybody's good. 
And if they're not good, they're hot, right? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But all right, man, appreciate you taking the call. Uh, thank you for calling. Got Sorry right. about the Thanks. bots, guys. I uh, I think I put the bot in timeout. I did. 500 and uh, almost 600 of you on uh, right now. So really appreciate that very much. Again, uh, Chase will join a little later. He's uh, he's riding, I'm sure, quite furiously at this point. And um, don't forget, collegecornerstore.com. Go uh, go to that site, collegecornerstore.com. Hit uh, College World Series in the search engine, search bar area, I should say. And uh, order your Ole Miss branded gear. Ole Miss is headed to the College World Series. They will play Auburn or Oregon State. Uh, we now know one of the other teams in Ole Miss's quad in in uh, Omaha. It'll be Arkansas. Arkansas will play the winner of uh, UConn and Stanford. And if I'm reading the bracket correctly, the Arkansas game in Omaha will be the 1 p.m. game on Saturday, and the Ole Miss game will be the 6 p.m. And if I'm wrong, then just flip them. But I'm pretty sure that I'm right. I, I stared at the bracket for half an hour today trying to figure it out. Um, all right, let's see. I need to put that number back up. Thanks to Vibin for the call. 662-259-0991. Uh, let's see. I'll get to some questions in the thread or some comments in the thread. God, these the stupid bots, man. I think I've gotten rid of it there. I apologize. I'm by myself, so I've got a lot lot of buttons to push. Tons of you here. Anybody that ever questions whether uh, whether college baseball is big for this fan base, they could just look at this site right here and know. Um, let's see. Stanford and UConn are getting started. They are uh, top of the first, if I'm bottom of the first, if I'm reading that correctly. It's two to nothing. Stanford. UConn won a wild game one, so Stanford trying to force a game three, and UConn trying to clinch what had to be a very unpredictable trip to Omaha. Hey, who do we have? Hey, who do we have? Neil. Yes, sir. It's Dan. Dan and Jackson. Hey, Dan. Hey, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for calling. I cannot believe we're here. When did you? Uh, when did you give up during the year? When did I, I mean, look, I'm, it is what it is. I used it for enjoyment just to get me to football season, but, uh, I never totally gave up, but I mean, when we lost the first game in uh, Birmingham, you know, thought it was done. Yeah, I did too. (laughs) Uh, I I can tell this story now. I can't tell names, but, um, on that Monday morning after the SEC tournament, (laughs) Chase and I were talking that morning and we we were anticipating a really busy day. Um, obviously, we thought, oh yeah, we didn't think they were in. Chase usually yeah. finds out kind of mid morning if they're in. And that morning, I was working on something else, and I stumbled into it that they were in. Um, and it wasn't off the record. I was told that they're in, and I, honest to God, I didn't believe it. I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I, can I didn't believe the person who told me, and. Um, and for the like the next thirty minutes, I didn't do anything with it, and and then I started. I can't remember exactly how it happened. I made another call, and I got a funny answer. And then Chase called, and he goes, "I'm off the record on this." And I said, "Before you tell me what's off the record, can I tell you something I've heard?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "I heard they're in." Uh-huh. 
And he goes, yeah, they're in. They're going to Miami. I'm, I'm completely sworn off the record. And I said, well, I'm not. And I wrote it at that point because I knew I had it. That was a validation of something I had. And I had it on the record. Well, but I didn't have Miami on the record. And that's why that morning people were like, do you guys know where they're going? And we did, but we didn't know it on the record. So we, we really couldn't say yeah. it. I mean, even though we knew we knew the whole field, we knew the, the, the four teams going to Coral Gables. Well, Neil. Why do you think they got in? I mean, do you, is it like a lifetime achievement, or was it John Cohen no, trying to put they, a nail in his coffin? The SEC you know West I mean? was a bitch this year. The SEC West was. was a bitch, look, and look and, at and, it. and they Arkansas had just closed. Yeah, Auburn's uh, Auburn's a, a went away, and and uh, right. you know they they went to Auburn and they won a series. LSU was good. I mean, LSU wasn't LSU yep, good. They were, but, but LSU was good. They weren't they weren't LSU good, but they were they were good That's by right. any measurable standard. And Ole Miss went down there and swept them. And, uh, you know, they had a win against the Texas A&M team. Um, Auburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that – Two or three. Yeah, so – and, you know, the losses that they had. I mean, yeah, Tennessee swept them, sure, but Tennessee kicked the crap out of everybody. And, and um, you know, they – they they did just enough. They had they had the, the Governor's Cup game turned out to really matter. Um, their strength of schedule wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. They, they, their RPI was kind of right there, just literally on the bubble. And, and NC State, which was the other team that was the last decision to make, they didn't have the series wins that Ole Miss had. That's why they got in. It wasn't – I don't think it was a conspiracy and all that stuff. I, I, I don't think – I know people say that. That stuff just doesn't – it doesn't fly yeah. because there's too many people in that room who would who would be able to kill that. You know, if, if, if right. they sensed that somebody was trying to – I mean, the whole, oh, uh, Cohen was trying to make sure that Mike stayed at Ole Miss. Well, right. I mean, so, so he was going to put him in a tournament that most people thought they couldn't win? I mean, it makes no sense at all. They got in because, you know, once you get to the – we do this with basketball all the time. Once you get to the last few teams, I mean, it's easy to put Tennessee in and go one seed. It's easy to go, oh, Texas A&M's hot, one seed. It's harder to look at a team like Ole Miss and go, okay, there's a lot of warts here. There's – this is a this is a, a a complex resume. NC State was the same way. This is a complex resume. How do you look at it? Ole Miss finished the season pretty well. You know there was there was stuff like that, and they they just got in some because somebody had to get the last at large spot. And that's why they that's why they got it because they were the last one. They so they got it. And again, I've said this numerous times to their everlasting credit, they uh, made the most of it. Neil, okay, I I agree with that, but Neil. How good is Hunter Elliott? He's a stud. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, what? I mean, that kid is a freshman yeah. on the road today. First, first start. I mean, all he had to do is win, and he just went out there and dealt for eight innings. And yeah, yeah. He's, but I mean, anybody that kind of watched him throughout the last part of the season could tell that he wasn't, he wasn't even remotely intimidated. I mean, he's he's got, and he, on top of that, he's got great stuff. I mean, he's great stuff. You know, he's. I think he's got better stuff than Delusia. Agree. You know. Agree. Well, it just when you know when I think that was the uh, first two shutouts Ole Miss has pitched all year. That's what they were saying on TV. Oh, you know what? You're right. Uh, wasn't yesterday the first? Yeah, yesterday was the first shutout, and I think it was the first time. That's in, right. It was the first time in right. a ton of years that Southern Miss was shut out on back-to-back days. Well, I mean, look, that's the first shutouts all year. That includes Alcorn, a lot of bad teams. I mean, sure. 
that's a it's amazing it really is well i appreciate all you guys do and uh thank you for doing this on your sunday oh thank you for calling appreciate it uconn gets a run here in the bottom of the first i'm reading through one of these lights so i'm, I'm not sure that i'm reading it correctly but stanford's now up two to one uconn's got a runner at first with two outs bottom of the first that game uh, hey tell chase to quit celebrating and get on the radio <laughs> we'll try to get to him thanks <laughs> see you bud all right I apologize for the bots. I'm by myself. Someone made a good suggestion in the thing. I probably need to give somebody admin privileges. I don't know how to do that right now, so we'll just sort of endure together. Uh, yeah, D1 Baseball said he, that he'll be an All-American. Um, yeah. He's he's going to be a terrific player. He's already a terrific player. Listen, Ole Miss has here's – here's the deal. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're kind of talking about what happened over the course of the weekend. I'm going to get this call um, – Hey, caller, hang tight real quick. I'm going to get right to you. Um, if you're Ole Miss right now, you're not thinking about just getting to Omaha. You're thinking about winning the whole thing. You've got all the pieces, uh, especially if you can stay in the winner's bracket. And it, Look, this applies to everybody else out there once they get there. I mean, you don't get there by accident. If you're there, you're good. But um, if um, if Ole Miss can win uh, with, uh, with Delusia, you throw Elliott in a second game and you win that game, you got a shot because you you keep you can kind of roll your pitching over if you can stay out of that losers bracket. It's a big break if you if you're two and zero, you get multiple days while the other teams eliminate each other. Um, hey caller, who do we have? Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Holmes from New Albany. How you doing? Hey Holmes, I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Who do you think's breathing breathing a bigger sigh of relief, Keith or Mike? Uh Keith. Absolutely. I just wanted to hear your answer on that. But, I mean, how about them Rebs? I mean, I was one of the, you know, get rid of Bianco believers. But, you know, I mean, whenever his contract's on the line, that guy coaches. Yeah, you know, I thought he acted pretty relaxed the whole second half of the season. Um, I mean, he was going to be fine. He's been here a long time. He uh, Even if it had not worked out, you know, his legacy was still an awfully good one. Um, absolutely. And you know, and he's, he's, he'd gotten his kids through high school. His youngest graduated from Oxford high school, um, a couple of weeks ago, whenever that was, I lose track of time, but a couple of weeks ago, I think. And, um, you know, he, he got that done. I mean, anybody who's a parent knows that, you know, if you get it, if you can get your kids through high school at the school where they have all their friends and stuff that you, you've, you've accomplished something. And from that, there's some pressure off of you at that point. So that, that pressure had dissipated. Uh, all of his boys are doing well. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, he's a young guy. I think he thought to himself probably, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but I'm guessing he thought there would be job opportunities that would come his way, if not immediately, but sh- shortly thereafter. And, you know, uh, he had nothing to be ashamed of at, at Ole Miss. And, and um, then it all, I'm, I'm it all worked you. out. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think we'll I, ever, I don't think we'll ever have that conversation again. I mean – I agree. I, I think that just cemented his legacy, and you know he's probably going to finish out at Ole Miss. And to be honest, like with with all that's going on, who who are they going to get that's better than him? You well, know? and especially if you know, like the like, I mean, like you guys have been talking about all week. I mean, how many super regionals in a row did they go to? That's hard to do in college baseball. Yeah, well, but, but, but I think it was. Let's see, it was Ole Miss, Arkansas, East Carolina, and Stanford were the only four yeah, that had that, that had done three in a row. Four. Yeah, and that that that's crazy that he's done that, and he's just and like you know you know there's we we all saw Tennessee this season, and we saw how they you know they did it, 
they're doing it the right way, you know. And you know, I I like Bill Lambeer and you know the short Pistons and you know, the, but I mean, he's just he's he's made men out of these boys. It's hard hard to argue. Yeah, and it's a veteran team too. That helps. I mean, a, a young team may have folded at seven and fourteen and gone, "Hey, it's just not our year. This is harder than we thought it was going to be." This is a veteran team. They've all been around for a long time. I mean, Elko's been at Ole Miss since what the Stone Age. I, I mean, he's been there forever. Yeah, Thirty-seven, I believe. Yeah, something like that. And I mean, Bench has been there a while. Gonzalez has been there a while. Chatney's been there a while. You know, Delusia came in. It was his first year, but he's a JUCO guy. I mean. You know, stuff like that. It, it helped. Dunhurst has been there a while. It helped that you had a veteran team that and, I, and they cared about each other. That hey, we're not going to quit. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and it's a kind of a it's kind of a, a group of nice guys, which was a, a talking point at the beginning of the year. That was valid, but um, you know they they got on each other a little bit. They had a couple of meetings, and you know they did some. They had some conversations in the locker room that that led to a, a little change in the way that they played, and then. Hey, they kind of caught a couple of breaks too, and and that's that's part of it. Absolutely, that's part of it. You know, and like yesterday, there was there was a couple of hits early on in the game that I was worried about. You know, like I mean, they hit him on ropes, but right at our outfielders or infielders, like that that Elko catch off of first. I mean, man, that that gets fair, and they get a run early. Ooh, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, and who knows whether Southern Miss relaxes yesterday if that if the foul is, uh, goes just another foot or whatever to the left. You know, if it, if it's a if it's a fair ball, and maybe they relax at that point, and it's a totally different series. But you could do this, you could do this throughout history of maybes and what ifs, and and that's part of the fun of sports. But that's not what happened, and they did. And they, I'm going to leave you. They didn't get it. And they didn't get it, and Ole Miss, Ole Miss finished the inning and then slit their throats the the top of, half of the next inning. Absolutely. I'm going to leave you on this last one. If you're if you're Jacob Gonzalez, you're you're draft eligible. Do you take the draft, or do you find a way to get a massive nil deal with the you know new concept of college? I'm going to hang up and listen to what you think about that. Yeah, I I, I appreciate the call. Um, and I don't really know the answer to that because I don't know what his. I'd have to I'd have to know more about what his draft status is. And frankly, I was this moment years old when I found out he was draft eligible. I thought he had to come back for another year. Um, I mean, it depends on what the money is. If it's if it's first round money, you have to go. If it's probably second round money, you have to go. After that, maybe in this era of NIL, you you could consider doing something different. But yeah, if you're going to go early in the draft, you've you've got to take the money. But yeah, God, Turkey says Gonzo's not eligible, and I, I think that's true. I, I don't I don't think he, I think you're thinking about Delusia, who is draft eligible, and he's the one that frankly has a decision to make. He um he's may have, may have pitched his spot pitched his way into a spot where the, where the draft is interested in him and he's also a guy who could come back be a Friday night ace in the SEC and and uh, and prove something. But again, all those stories are a long way away. I'm telling you the part that that if I'm an Ole Miss fan today, I'm thinking my team has a legitimate shot to win the national championship, win the whole thing. That would be my attitude. I wouldn't be thinking about all the other stuff right now. Uh, let's see, I need to put that phone number back up. I know people are waiting for Chase. Um, that place was a zoo today. Getting out of there is going to be difficult. He will he will join as soon as he can. I have not heard from him. Uh, we last communicated 58 minutes ago, so um, that was right as the game was approaching the end. That was the, the ninth inning when we just texted. So he uh, it, it'll be a minute, might be a, a good minute, but – it's okay. We're here. Um, there's a bunch of you here, 660-some-odd of you here. Really appreciate you uh, 
you being with us as soon as Chase can come on. I don't know whether that's from the stadium or whether that's when he gets to his hotel. He will, and we'll get his thoughts on the game, the season, uh, the College World Series, all of that. Uh, an update real quick. East Carolina and Texas still in a weather delay, and Stanford leads UConn 2-1 to one in the uh, bottom of the first. They appear to be headed to the second there. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Will. Hey, Will. It's just a total shock, dude. Like you said earlier, it's just – I was at the South Carolina series, and it, it just felt done, you know, walking out of that place. And here they are. You you just can't put your mind around it, really. Like, it's still insane almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, well, I mean, you know, like the South Carolina series was sort of indicative of a multitude of series there in the middle of the year where they just – couldn't finish a game and they you know lost two out of three against kind of a mediocre team and you couldn't help but kind of start wondering is this team just mediocre are they just not as good as maybe we thought they would be or we thought they should be is it possible that everybody regressed is it possible that they just don't have it whatever it is and for about a month they they didn't have it i mean you know they they didn't i mean they 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 couldn't finish games against South Carolina, against Mississippi State, against Arkansas, against I'm, – I'm probably leaving people out that they that they couldn't finish games against. They were just kind of there. Well, they got swept versus Alabama. You know, they, they. I think they took two out of three from Kentucky, but, you know, they kind of gave a, gave away a game there. And I don't know. They were just that, – that's who they were for a while. They were just kind of mediocre, but they're not mediocre right now. No. They're going to win it all. I'm not going to check. They got to <laughs> – they got a good chance. They have a hell of a chance. You've said it all night. They got a chance. Got a hell of a chance. They got more than a chance. They've got a hell of a chance. Yeah, and if that bracket opens, if Auburn wins tonight, if UConn could somehow do it, I mean, you got to get past Arkansas, and Arkansas feeling the same way right sure. now. Sure. Yeah, they they have they kind of got a new lease on life, and they took advantage of it too. And I mean, yeah, I mean, look, those these SEC teams are pretty battle tested. I mean, listen, Texas A&M has a hell of a shot at this point. The way that they play, I mean, I think they're fearless. I the future on them for, yeah, I have a, 15, a plus 1,500 future on A&M right now, and I feel kind of good about it. It's a solid bet. I mean, you know, if you're Notre Dame, you got to think, hey, we can beat anybody. I mean, it's the fun part of when you get whatever – like, let's say UConn gets there. I mean, if you're UConn, you don't – you just go, hey, why not? I mean, that's got to yeah. be the attitude. I mean, because now that Tennessee's gone, there's nobody that there's no there's no one team that you go that team is is so good that they can't be beat. It's it's wide open. No. I mean, you know, if you're Auburn and you get there, you think why not us? If you're if you're all those teams, I mean, that's got to be what you think. Yeah, I don't know who you're for, who you, I can't remember his name, but as he says, you just get in the dance. And it's just all right. Let's go. Yeah, it was my, my friend Dan Jennings. He was working for the he, he works for the Nationals now, but he worked for the Marlins forever. And um, you know, a couple of times he said, you know, their their whole attitude in that organization was just get to the tournament, just get yeah. to the, just get to the tournament. And if you get to the tournament, who knows what'll happen? But so, anyway, thank you for taking my call. And thanks, Will. Um, I look forward to hearing what Chase has to say. Okay, thanks, Will. Well, hopefully, we get to him soon. Hey, who do we have? Uh, this is Jeff Ellison. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm great. You just made a great comment. Everybody's just focusing and enjoy the moment right now. 
And like you said a few minutes earlier, Mike has been so relaxed the last couple of weeks. One thing people at Ole Miss fans didn't realize, Mike is from LSU, and this time of the year is when LSU has always rose to the top. He's been there. He'll take care of things in Omaha if everybody just let things play out. Thanks for all you do for Ole Miss. All right, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I think Mike's telling the truth when he tells you that he doesn't pay attention to social media. He doesn't hear stuff. He's like most coaches. Most coaches are really, really insulated. Um, You know, they, they – and that's intentional, and it's probably smart. Most coaches are just they they don't they don't need to hear a lot of noise because they know that their players hear noise. They're they're older; they can get off social media and go home to a a different support system. I mean, I'm going to guess when Mike's at home, he and Cammy are not talking about baseball very much, and if they are, they're talking about their sons' baseball teams. They're not talking about his team. If you're a player, it's impossible to do. You're young, you're on social media, you're around it all the time. Um, you know, you're, you're rooming with other players. The ups and downs are constant. It's hard to get away from it. So you, you need a coach who is away from it. And I have very little doubt that Mike's been away from it. Glenn Gilbo of Outkick did a really good job. Did a really good interview with Mike. I guess it was last week, um, early in the week, in advance of the Super Regional, and Mike kind of addressed a lot of that stuff, you know, with the typical things that coaches say, but it's true. It's totally out of his control. He doesn't. He's not the one that makes the decision. And You know, what happened a year ago with LSU was, as I've said all along, I mean, we've done a gazillion podcast on it. It's a lot more complicated than people have made it out to be. I, I get where there's criticism, and I get where fans are upset, but there, there's there's so much more to that story, and I mean, I feel like we've told it, but there are still people that kind of hang on to that because it's emotional to them. But that wasn't a that wasn't a that wasn't an interview that he did behind somebody's back. I mean, Ole Miss knew about it. Ole Miss encouraged it. It's, it was getting caustic. The only one time to Omaha thing was becoming a burden, an elephant. That's gone today. I haven't seen Mike's comments or, or yet, but I'm sure we'll, when we talk to Chase, we'll um, we'll find out. But I, I'm I doubt if he'll address that in that way. But for him, it has to be it has to be cathartic to some degree. Put the number back up again. CollegeCornerStore.com. I've seen in the thread where some of you have already done it. Um, appreciate all the people who have super chatted. By the way, I have um, I've just not had a chance to thank you. I'll try to do some of that. The thread's pretty long. Uh, thanks to uh, FWeb. Frank, really appreciate that from you. Richard B., thanks for the super chat. Uh, Blake Pierce says, it's wide open. Why not us? Um, thanks for the pod. This year does feel different. Yeah, I think I think it is definitely different. Oh, what a catch. Kid from UConn just took a three-run home run away from Stanford. It ends up being a sack fly, but what a play in center field. Some of the plays that have been made today have been incredible. The Texas uh, – I'm sorry, the uh, Notre Dame – no, Texas – stop, Neil. The Oklahoma left fielder made a phenomenal play. Um, falling into the bullpen. Uh, earlier today, the North Carolina center fielder made a, a play in the eighth inning that saved the go-ahead run for uh, from Arkansas – and then the the UConn center fielder just made a whale of a play. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but it was it was really good. 
What a play. Uh, thanks to Brian Hall for his super chat. I'm I'm um, I'm trying to put bots in timeout right now. Doing the best. Uh, it's collegecornerstore.com. Go there. Enter um, College World Series in the search bar, and you can get your latest. Uh, you can get the latest Ole Miss branded gear, right? It's being made as we speak. It'll be shipped to you quickly, so you can. Uh, you'll love that. Thanks, Stacy, for uh, the order. Really appreciate that. Let's see. Uh, getting to the calls again. I apologize for missing a couple there. Hey, who do we have? Hello. Hey, who's this? This is Raymond. Hey, Raymond. Yeah, I was just going to see if I could talk to Neil a minute. It's me. Well, that didn't sound like you. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's me. <laughs> uh, well, I'm on the – I want to come out. I've been uh, as critical of Mike as anybody on the board, and I want to just say uh, – I don't know what happened, but this looks like a totally different team. So how how would you um, say? So in other words, you're you're one of the many of us who are probably eating some crow right now. What how how will you have your I, crow? I you, feel you gonna, like it. You have to. Are you going to grill it? Are you going to fry it? Are you going to sous vide it? How you? How do you I'll, well, I'll probably fry it. I like to fry <laughs> things, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, think back to the the one of the last midweek games against Semo. Against and we got blasted. I I would have, if I was a betting man, I would have bet this team was ready to quit as yeah. much as any team as I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, but th- and this looked like a totally different ball club. Yeah, they didn't quit, and and, and one of the reasons they looked like a totally different ball club is because they did not quit. They just grinded through it and then got a break or two, and here they are. I mean, absolutely. Hardman is grilling his uh, his crow right now um, as as we well, speak. Well, that might be the better choice. <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience there. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I think it's 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 man of you to uh, to admit it. Yeah, it, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of people. Like I said earlier, there will be people that do the whole you you guys in the media and listen. No, <laughs> no, it was real. It was going. It was absolutely going to happen. It was well. It was going to happen. One, one to two. Now it's multiple Omaha's. So that that's a big step. So, oh yeah, for sure. But it, it's a it's a great day for Ole Miss sports. Yeah, and it, I, it know, absolutely the, is. The, the miracle to me now is we're we're still oh for home supers. We've got all of our success on the road. So. Well, what does that say? I think I, I think it says <laughs> I think it says two things. One, it's a coincidence, and two, yeah. it, it tells you um, sometimes teams are tight at home. I mean, absolutely. You look know, at Tennessee. Look at Tennessee. <laughs> uh, North Carolina just lost a home regional. Yet Texas A and M won a home regional. I don't know, man. You know, it's it's. I I, I know it's a big deal. Home field's a big yep. deal and stuff, but. It's not the it. You don't you don't win a you don't win a series because it was at your place. You you nope. You know you still got to go play and and um I don't it it's probably more coincidence than it is anything else. I do think this team, this group, because of how close they are and 
how much they enjoy each other's company. I think it was best for them to yep. to uh, to get away from Oxford and 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 go to a hotel where it was just them and their families and just kind of positive people around them and not a lot of the angst and stuff. They got away from that, and I thought it showed. I thought they played super loose. Yep. Yep. It's, 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 like I say, a totally different ball team than was playing in mid-April. So, all kudos to Mike and whoever's responsible. Uh, I would say mostly these guys on the field. Yeah, it's those guys. They, they it's, played like they wanted to keep playing. It's Mike Clements, it's Carl Lafferty, it's it's Mike, it's the kids, it's um yeah, it's just they, they well they did. They did want to keep playing and you know, they 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 got it done and it, it proves to you that barely counts. And um and when you get an opportunity <laughs> you know, you I mean it's what you teach your kids, right? When you get an opportunity, seize it. And um and they did. Sure. And 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 hey, Again, I'm, I'm, I know we're, we're just kind of talking about what happened, but I keep saying this because I'm, I'm convinced I'm right. It's a huge opportunity in front of them starting Saturday. I mean, they, they're, they're celebrating tonight, and they should. And uh, yep. I'm, I'm sure that will be a fun bus ride home tomorrow. And uh, I, I suspect they'll get a, a, a well-deserved day off on, uh, on Monday. <laughs> but at some point, yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday, when they get probably, I, I'll assume they'll head out to Omaha like Wednesday because they have like opening ceremonies on uh, Thursday. So they'll probably head out on Wednesday. It, it'll be a fast turnaround. And yeah. at some point, the, the conversation should and will shift to go win it. Cause, right. Because why not? Somebody's got to win it. Absolutely. Hey, th- Absolutely. thanks for the call, Wide Raymond. Open. Thanks for the call, Raymond. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Again, Chase will join us uh, momentarily. Stanford blowing this game open now, 7-1. to one. The center fielder, it was just a, rep- a reprieve. Uh, Chase will join in a bit. I have not yet heard from him, but, uh, again, he was writing. Press conferences sometimes can take a little while on those. I'll keep looking on uh, the FTP to see if Ole Miss puts the, um, the press conference on. It, it usually is a good bit later than this because it just takes a while to – compress those files, put them out in an email form, and especially when they're not in Oxford and they're having to do it somewhere else. Uh, the team's headed home tonight, I'm told. Okay, I didn't know that. I assumed they were heading home tomorrow, but it makes sense that they'll get on a, on a plane, I mean on a, on a bus. That'll be a very happy bus ride back for those guys. Um, all right, I need to put the number back up. I'm flying solo here, so I appreciate everybody being patient with me. There's the number. It's seven one now. Stanford, Stanford, uh, on its way to forcing a third game in that series. You got to like Stanford's chances too in a third game against UConn. Again, Auburn and Oregon State tonight. I think that game is scheduled to begin at nine Central, so that's seven Pacific time. Auburn can uh, wrap it up with a win. Oregon State could force a game three with a win. Ole Miss will play the winner of Auburn-Oregon State, I believe, at 6 p.m. on um, on Saturday in, in in Omaha. Hey, who do we have? Hey, man. Who's this? Adam. Hey, Adam, what's up? Um, hey, look, real quick, did y'all not notice the, the balls just did not fly like they were before? That was really thick, humid air down there, man. 
I've never been in that stadium, but someone says it's it, that it, it's kind of that way sometimes. And, it, it just didn't. The ball, like you know, just you know, like the ball just it didn't like run and or you know, start. Hey Adam, your connection's not particularly good. I'm really sorry. If you'll try back, I'll I'll, I'll grab you. Yeah, it is bad. Thank so, you. Okay. Sorry about that. But if I can't understand you by the time you go through the system, the people can't understand a word. But I'll be looking for that. Yeah, Auburn can uh, can clinch that. Grind says Auburn's not winning. I don't know. At this point, you never know. Oregon State may be the most – I will. who knows at this point. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Zach from South Haven. How are you doing? Hey, Zach, I'm good. How are you? Man, this is a great night to be a Rebel, or afternoon, I should say. Um, we've been – we're taking in some spirits today, so it's been a, been a good day. <laughs> what did you have? Rebels, but... What'd you drink? <laughs> well, we went to Funky's for a little bit. Uh, we were at Archer, but I actually I had some good old homemade moonshine early in the morning, <laughs> so we, we were ripe and ready uh, before we got there. So, um, but just to get your take, I mean, I was on the fence the whole time um, about the Bianco situation. And in, in one in one hand, I, I mean, I literally started college the first year that Bianco took over. And I saw what he built and the program that he built. And I saw the way he did it. Um, and it wasn't with any flair. I mean, he, he actually probably the classiest individual I've ever seen in college baseball. Um, and one of those things where I was really torn. But to be honest with you, today is a great day for Mike Bianco. And, and I'm very happy for him as a person, sure. uh, his family and everything else. I mean, because – this is a, he's a great man, um, and and I was torn. Don't get me wrong. I, I was I was back and forth on whether or not he should be back next year or not. But I, I'm really excited for him and this team. And what was your take on that? Yeah, uh, well, just that. I mean, you know, have I've I've been in Oxford for 14 plus years. Um, you know, obviously everyone talks about Mike, but Mike's wife Cammy is. Uh, super involved in the Oxford schools. Um, yes. You know, um, they've they've been, you know, kind of involved in the community. I mean, everyone knows that, you know, you, you can always find them on the front pew of their church every Sunday, no matter what's happening with Ole Miss. Um, you know, I've, I've, I, 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 I think I've said this before, uh, you know, Mike's daughter was over here when my daughter was having her senior party, she was here. I mean, it's a small town, you know, I mean, everybody, kinda, yeah. everybody kind of knows everybody. And, um, yeah, you know, his family heard the stuff. I mean, and that's hard when people are criticizing your, your dad, yeah, you your can't, husband, you, or, even yeah. if you don't get on social media, you can't not hear it. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's it's and his, his family heard it, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah it's, so today's a great day for them. Of course. Um, you know, I, I have, I have a lot of respect for how Mike handled the, the senior day at, at LSU this year. Um, you know, he was, his, his son was honored and, um, but before he did it, he went and talked to his team and said, Hey, I'm going to go do yeah. this. I just want you guys to know, you know, that's what, this is what I'm doing. I don't want you to be caught off guard. And they were all like, no, no, it's your son. Go, you know, don't worry about it. It's, it's all good. But he wanted, yeah. he wanted to make sure that they knew that. I thought that was spoke volumes about his character and. You know, honestly, I mean, would you not say he was flat out bamboozled by the whole LSU situation? Yeah. Well, I'll go, I mean, well Scott, I mean, Scott Woodward screwed him. 
Um, Scott Woodward. Well, yeah, I'm he, not gonna say what he is. Yeah, he's, 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 he's screwed a lot of people with the way that he he, he handled that. That that whole deal was completely avoidable. And and um, yeah, you know, especially an alumnus of the university that actually, I mean, because he had, I had no problem with Mike going to an interview in LSU. I know a lot of people think that's wrong, but to be honest with you, what Mike built at Ole Miss to me. I'm I'm on the I've got to say that from here on out I can't I can't ever say anything bad about Mike. He leads on his own terms at this point, and and I hope that the Rebel fan base will get on board with that and uh, and move forward from this because <laughs> I, I really am as an Ole Miss baseball fan. I'm sick of talking about this. Well, if, if this like, is I'm any, sick of every year of this. If if the numbers on this live stream are any indication, everybody's over it. It's 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 done. I hope so. <laughs> I, re- I really do, Neil, because I mean, in all honesty. I remember what it was like his fresh his first year in my freshman year at Ole Miss. I mean, I remember when it was twenty people out there in right field. I remember what that was like, and and now what it's grown to. I mean, at some point we've got to give this guy benefit of the doubt. And baseball is baseball. I don't care what anybody says. I played it, and I think a lot of people in this stream probably have played it. You, I'm assuming you've played it yourself. Baseball is a very tough sport. It's not like a lot of sports where the best team always wins. It's just not that way. We saw it with Tennessee getting ousted today. I mean, it's just not that way. Look at the number one team in, in what is it, past 20 years, no one number one coming into the tournament has ever won. The last one was Miami in 99 is what I heard today. I mean, look at that. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's just not easy. And, and I hope that we can, as a Rebel faithful, can start, move forward together and say, look, this guy has built a flat-out powerhouse. Yeah, we're not on Omaha every year, yes. But look at what we have every year. Look at the scholarship limitations that he used to have to deal with that now he's not going to have to deal with anymore. I mean, people don't that, – that always gets shoved to the side. And that's a big deal. And now I think – is it next year that that's going to change? Yeah, yeah. It's. It, I mean, look look forward to what we're going to have with our facilities and everything else. and. And I'm just, and I do appreciate which I'm sorry I'm a little drunk. I apologize. <laughs> it's all right. I'm just, it's okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm appreciate. I literally was almost in tears when we had that pop up for the for the last out. But um, I thank y'all for what y'all do, Neil. Can't wait to hear what Chase has to say later on. And thank y'all again. Appreciate it. Thank you, Zach. Glad you're having a great night. All right. Now. All right. Yeah, you should be excited. I'm uh, I'm a little jealous actually of the. Being able to drink something right now would just kill for a water. Um, let's see, six six two two five nine zero nine nine one. Still waiting to hear from Chase. I know everybody's eager to hear from Chase. I am too. Uh, I promise. I'm sure he's getting close. I haven't even had a chance to look on uh, on the site. I'll do that on my phone now. See what he has up so far. Um. I think he's still working. So. Yeah, still, uh, still working there. So we'll get we'll get him as soon as we can. And um, in the meantime, I'll take your calls. Uh, again, collegecornerstore.com. They've made this possible. I know a lot of you are looking for Ole Miss branded gear. It's there at the site already. I've talked to Scott at uh, College Corner. It's there. Go just enter College World Series in the uh, search p- portion when you get there, and um, he'll take care of you. Uh, Bubba, thanks for the super chat. Appreciate that, my friend, very much. It's very nice of you. Um, your boy Tom, 2010, thanks for the super chat. He says, are you guys going to Omaha? Um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll figure it out. One of us, it won't be me. It'll be, it'll be him if we go. And there's a chance that we'll, it's a chance that we will wait and, um, and see what happens that first week or so. Cause if you're there two and a half weeks, it's a, it's to say it's a budget buster is the understatement of all time. If your business is out there though, and you want to sponsor our coverage, holler at us. We can, we can make something happen. Uh, yeah, I can see if Brian is available. Um, I didn't even think of that. It's not a bad idea. I'm texting Brian Rippey now to see if he's available. If he is, then we'll grab him. He might be taping his podcast right now. I just don't know, but I'll ask. Uh, let's see. Ryan says he'll go to Omaha. Uh, phone lines open six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is that number. Call it and uh, we'll grab you. I'll look in the uh, thread as well. Um, yeah, Josh, thanks for putting in your order at College Corner. He says appreciate us, appreciate you. Yeah, Mincy is definitely going. We'll we'll try to get Ben on the uh, on the podcast at some point this week. Ben is. Uh, that dude loves college baseball. There's a lot of SEC teams that that are, will be there. It's at least at least three, and then if you include Oklahoma as an SEC school, and they basically kind of are. It's um, it's four. Texas is waiting out a weather delay right now. Texas could go. I mean, the the league's brutal. The league's just it's it's such a hard league. It's why we talked about Tennessee this year. Twenty five and five is so hard to do what they did and and um and even that wasn't enough they have a sec regular season an sec tournament championship to show for it and a regional championship but not a super regional and they're not going to omaha they're not going to win the national championship it's just hard it is hard to win in this league and uh, it'll wear you out it is a it is a, a league full of of committed dedicated programs and um if you're not on top of your game on a, a given weekend you'll get whacked it happens it happens every year. It'll happen next year. It'll happen the year after that. But again, I mean, if, if it's me and I'm the one writing today, I'm writing about how Ole Miss has a hell of a shot to win the whole thing. Um, there's, there's just no team on their side of the bracket that is going to intimidate them. It's um, either Auburn or Oregon State. Again, both of those teams are good. Um, it's... Um, but those are teams that Ole Miss can beat. It's uh, Arkansas, which is a team that obviously Ole Miss has played a lot and they have a lot of respect for, and there's a lot of mutual respect, but Ole Miss can beat Arkansas. It knows that. It could have easily swept Arkansas in Fayetteville. It knows it could lose to Arkansas. They, everybody gets that. And then um, either Stanford or Connecticut. Stanford's a good team. Connecticut's a kind of a Cinderella here, but Ole Miss could beat those teams. And one of those teams is going to play for the national championship. That's a fact. It's either going to be Auburn, Oregon State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Connecticut, or Stanford in the championship series. And by the end of the next, I guess, what, 48 hours or less, it's going to be one of four teams. So why not? Oh, let's see. Got a call to get to it. Hey, who do we have? Oh, they got scared. Either that or I just missed them. They're, they're, they weren't scared. I missed them. 
Hey, who do we have? Hey, who? Ranch Ribs, uh, 515. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, if you look, I wanted to get your opinion on Bianco. If you look at Bianco, because I've always been on the fence about him, if you look at the last seven years, just in a vacuum, do you think that kind of affects how we look at them differently instead of the 21 years? Like, the last seven years have been extremely solid. Yeah, I, I think... I, think, I was just thinking, like, from I think that it should. like, two Omahas... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, I think it should, and here's why. Because if you, if you think about it, I mean, it's a funny argument to make. When he first got to Ole Miss... The number of schools that were super invested in in baseball was not nearly as big as it is now. I mean, now there's a lot more schools invested in it. It gets a lot more TV time. I mean, like today, dominating the ESPN networks and stuff. That didn't happen in 2007 or six, or if it did, I don't remember it. It wasn't. It wasn't the way it is now, where it's kind of more mainstream and you can see every game and everything streamed and stuff. I mean, it's just there's more more. More schools are invested in it. It's harder today than it was when he first got to Ole Miss. It, it, it is. It is. I, well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing the pod today. Enjoy listening. Oh, thank you. The question was how much would I? How much would I enjoy it? Oh, t- t- double shot of whiskey live on the stream. Yeah, I would. I would like that. That would be. That would be good. I'd, I'd have to go get it, which would mean leaving here and that would look weird but who knows if we're here long enough tonight that might happen uh still waiting for chase uh porcupine ralph says uh thanks for the super chat first of all he says did bianco finally have a team that peaked late thinking of mississippi state last year feels like other teams ran out of gas yeah i think so we talked about that uh earlier in the show i I think this team it's pitching peaked late. It's pitching is just now peaking, actually. Um, I think they've I think Mike talked about this recently. I, I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but he talked about how it took a while, but this team finally got a pitching staff that sort of found its roles. Um, you know, I think they were fishing for roles earlier in the year. They were trying to figure it out. And um and, and this team this team didn't figure it out early. You know, I think Mike was a little late putting Dylan DeLucia in the Friday night role. I think he was trying to be careful with, with Elliot because, you know, he's a freshman and you don't want to overwhelm and you want to, you want to put him in good situations and, and build confidence. You don't want him to, to get rocked and, um, you know, you don't want him to get rocked and, and uh, lose their confidence, and then they can't help you. And then, if anything, maybe you've even you've even damaged them for future seasons. And so he was being careful with him, and you know. And then they had to figure out some. Um, I thought, I thought in the middle of the season when Graham went down, I thought that really changed their offensive chemistry. I thought it had guys trying to do too much at the plate. Um, I do a show every week with Peyton Chatney, or most every week, and. Uh, Peyton will tell you that he was pressing, trying to do a little too much. And then Graham got back, and they kind of started figuring it out a little bit. And I think started getting some more productivity, uh, one through nine in the lineup, and guys started playing within themselves again. And you see the results. Um, It's just a lot of stuff. It's a long season. Seasons develop over time. 
Hey, who do we have? Okay. But that's kind of what I think happened. See, I'm, Brian's responding. Oh, he's. All right, I'm going to see if I can get him now. I'm going to see. Uh, Again, thanks to your boy Tom. Uh, I think I think he's trying to put together a a uh, bourbon or whiskey collection here. I mean, I'm I'm game. Just got to put a put a number together. I'm looking forward to the Peyton show too. Um, let's see. I'm about to get Brian Rippey on. I'm asking him how he wants me to call him. So if you're wondering what we're filling the air with. I think I'm going to get him on FaceTime audio. I'm getting the three dots right now. Okay. All right, just give me a second here. I got a little bit of a technical thing that I got to work my way through. I might, I actually might try to Skype him. Let's see. I know this is bad pod. I don't have a producer here though, and so it's kind of one of those things. Please forgive me. I'm trying. I promise the efforts there. Here we go. What's up? Hey, Brian. Appreciate you uh, joining on, jumping in on the show. Absolutely. Uh, I guess I'll start here. Your just your overall thoughts. This team did something that I don't think four or five weeks ago we thought was possible. Yeah, they really just kind of reversed the script of I think everything we thought they were leaving Fayetteville, Arkansas. Right? I mean, they were seven and fourteen in the league at that time. Uh, the story was kind of the same. It felt like the same movie every single weekend and really all of the things that they didn't do for the better part of two months they did kind of to the nth degree and yeah it's pretty uh you know i was having trouble like i was trying to write a little bit a second ago before you called and i was having trouble kind of surmising it all together it just was uh one of the more uh remarkable turnarounds i've seen in some time following or covering anything it was uh i mean they made it look kind of easy too there was really no uh no resistance and they removed all doubt I thought they'd win this weekend. I thought they'd win fairly easily this weekend, but I didn't see this coming. I didn't see a 15 to nothing shellacking, pure domination, where they made a good Southern Miss team look not very good. I, I, I didn't I didn't see that coming. Did did you at all? No, I didn't. And I would say the, the thing that's probably the most shocking, right? Like I figured if they hit better than they had at points in the year for a couple of days, that wouldn't be as surprising to me. I think it's the way they hit top-end pitching. Because the Waltrip kid for Southern Miss was was really, really good for them all year long. And even beyond that, it was the way they handled Palmquist from from Miami and then a guy like Tanner Hall today. I mean, if you think about the Saturday win or Sunday win, whatever it was, in Coral Gables, where they won a really, really tough game with a really, really good pitcher on the other side, they did that today with Tanner Hall, right? I mean, they, they missed some opportunities early in the game, but 
you know, they kept putting pressure on and they finally broke through. Those kind of wins had really eluded them for a lot of the year. They really struggled to hit top end. You know, SEC was down this year in terms of elite starting pitching, but a couple of times they ran into one, they didn't necessarily fare very well. And those type of wins, it's the game two against Miami and a game like today where it was really kind of the tough win where they pitched it really well, they played great defense, and they found enough found a way to scratch off three or four runs to do enough to win the game. That was probably the most surprising part to me. I think we all have gotten to where we expect Dylan DeLucia to be terrific on the first game of a series. I've gotten to where I expect Hunter Elliott to be even better for some reason. He's His stuff today, because like you said, the kid for Southern Miss was good today. I mean, he he, he didn't just hand it on, on a platter. Ole Miss had to go earn it. But Elliott was just terrific. I mean, they, they never they never even bothered him. Um, you know, like DeLucia – had a spot of trouble that he got out of. Elliot just seemed to me that it was just like total total cruise control today. It was it was incredible. I mean, he, you could tell early on in the game that his stuff was about as sharp as we'd seen it all year. The way he ran the slider into one of that that kind of runs in on left-handed hitters and runs in or excuse me away from left-handed hitters and in on right-handed hitters. They had some really really late movement. There were a couple of strike calls early in the game where it was kind of very clear that he was on it today. And I thought that was, you know, missed opportunities on the offensive side early in the game aside. I thought that was a good sign for a miss because after about the second inning it became clear to me it's like, okay, if they can just hang around in this and get Hall out of the game, Elliot's going to keep them in it. But you're right. I mean, it's it's you know, you're running out of superlatives to to when ways to compliment Hunter Elliott. I mean, that's a freshman that in the biggest moment of the year, back-to-back weeks, provided a really gutsy outing last week and really the best version of himself today. I think that was a career high um, for him in terms of start length, and it definitely wasn't strikeouts. It was it was remarkable. I mean, look, that Tanner Hall won the Ferris Award for a reason. I mean, he had ridiculous numbers coming in. I think 140 strikeouts, 13 walks, and a true freshman for Ole Miss was just simply better than the best of what Southern Miss had. And I think that's uh, really kind of the story of this series as well. But he was he was unbelievable today. So if you're Ole Miss, do you want Auburn or Oregon State on Saturday? I think Auburn, right? It's someone you faced before. I don't necessarily know that if you can make a ton about Ole Miss going and winning a series up there on on the surface the first weekend of SEC play. I mean, my God, how how – how long ago does that feel at this point with the way the season has turned? But I think just in terms of arms and matchup-wise, I think you'd rather have Auburn just from what Oregon State can offer from a pitching standpoint. But I don't know if it's a huge difference either way. And at this point, I mean, I, I would kind of like them against either one in terms of whoever they face. I'm with you. I mean, I'm sitting here. I've said it 10 times already um, in the – we've been going like an hour, hour and – 20 minutes or so. Um, there's no reason Ole Miss can't have an attitude of getting to the final series at this point. I mean, there's no reason. Look, there are teams that are capable. I've been saying this. There's teams that are capable of beating them, certainly. Uh, you know, I mean, Auburn's good. Oregon State's really good. Arkansas's good. Um, but there's no reason to think that they can't beat those teams either. I agree. I think particularly with Tennessee out, I think that really opened up things. I mean, that was really, it was Tennessee and some versions of Virginia Tech and Oregon State and Stanford throughout the year, but there was really no clear second. And now that Tennessee's out of it, um, thanks thanks to Notre Dame, I, I'm with you. It, it feels very wide open. And it's that's part of what has made this entire thing so crazy. You look up 
you know, two, three weeks ago, they're the last team to get in the field. You probably figure they'd fizzle out, you know, somewhat quickly, even though it was a pretty winnable regional down there. Now there's a realistic path for them to get to the end. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's pretty wide open. I'll get back to Ole Miss in a second. Tennessee losing is karma, right? That, that's what that is? I, it has to be, right? Like, I, I'm not necessarily a – I don't – I like have, like I like baseball being the fun version of it, right? Bad flips, whatever the case may be. I think baseball, particularly at the professional level, lacks emotion at times. But if you believe in a baseball god, I think that was about all the evidence you needed today. I think that was karma coming back to bite them. I mean, it, there's having fun, and then there's flipping off the outfield when you're rounding uh, first on a double – a lot of real estate in between those two things. So I think that's karma and nothing else. Because if you were watching that game, they, they were kind of in control until they weren't. That that really got away from them very quickly. And so, yeah, that you got to chalk that one up to karma. Because on paper, Tennessee was a sizable favorite. And Vegas reflected that, too. Yeah. I, see, I'm, I'm maybe this is the old man uh, yelling at the kids in the lawn or whatever. I, although I, I don't think I'm that person. I don't mind the bat flips. I don't, and I like the emotion. That is what makes the college game fun. But I, I think they cross the line so much that it makes me sort of appreciate the teams. And Ole Miss is one of those teams that just sort of handles its business. I, I don't mind some emotion, but I can't stand it when it turns into taunting constantly and 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 looking like trying to be the the bully at all times. I I don't I don't like that part at all. It even has like evolved beyond like the bullying aspect. I mean, if you think of the different instances throughout the year, I mean, you had a sitting head coach bump an umpire, a kind of like chest bump him, give him the what's up, bro, as if he's like meeting up with one of his buddies or like a bar fight, like the prelude to a bar fight. You had him, the same guy, chuck a bat in an opposing dugout because they got bat flipped on in that Auburn series. All the way up to that, I forget the kid's name, but all the way up to that game one, we're very clearly on that strike call where the pitching coach and what, whoever the player is, I forget his name, gets ejected, just says, in clear as day, F you, that was terrible. You, you, can't, you can't say that to an umpire. Like, well, and if you're going to say that, if you're, if you're going to say those words, you have to have your head down, your back turned to the umpire, where no one other than you and the umpire and the catcher know you said it. Oh, it was remarkable. I mean, he, he said it straight to the guy's face, looked him directly in the eye, and then acted stunned that he was tossed from the game. Like, what did you think was going to happen? It's, it's yes. I mean, it, it, it was so far over the line that it was honestly kind of unenjoyable to watch. It, it, was, it was pretty ridiculous, which is a shame because they were an incredible baseball team. They were one of the better teams of the last decade, for sure. It's impossible to measure up different teams from different years, but they were awesome. And, and unfortunately, it was distracted by just the way they acted throughout the entire year. Um, really in the absence of any sort of accomplishment other than winning a bunch of regular season games. We've got to ask this a minute ago. I'll get back to Ole Miss because that's what people are here for. Um, what does this do? I mean, obviously it limit, it stops the whole Mike uh, hot seat talk and stuff, but what does this getting to Omaha again, no matter what happens in Omaha, obviously if he was, wins a national championship, we're having a different conversation, but let's just say for the sake of this question that he gets to Omaha and they Win a game, win two games, but they don't get to. The, they don't win the championship. Okay, just for the sake of this question, let's paint that scenario. What does this do for his legacy here? I think it, this team provided, as frustrating as they were to watch for fans at times, I think they they provided a lot of what people had longed for in a Bianco program. He's a great program builder. He's one of the best head coaches in college baseball. I don't think people dispute that. There's just a lot more layers to it, and. 
you know, beyond the postseason disappointment and, you know, a couple regional failures, some super regional failures, right? He's one and eight to get the games to Omaha. He's one and five in supers, which when you think about it, it's almost a statistical impossibility. Like at some point, the law of average is going to play out. But Cliff, I think what Cliff Godwin says hello is, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think that what this team provided was just them getting into the tournament, punching their ticket and just having a chance and fighting their way through. I always thought the fact that they had never gone on the road and won a regional during his time at Ole Miss, granted, they don't play a ton of road regionals was a far greater blemish than some other things on his resume. And so I think the resolve and not to use an example from an in-state school, but like the way Mississippi State handles things in the postseason at times, where if you just give them a chance to get there, they make the most of it. You hadn't seen that in the Bianco era. Everything was pretty um, pretty absolute in a sport that doesn't have a ton of absolutes. When Ole Miss was the front runner and they were really good, they were going to get to the precipice of getting to Omaha. And then whatever happened after that would happen. I think this team kind of provided the, the resolve of if you just get in, you never know what happens. Whereas I felt like for Ole Miss people, unless they were a national seed and playing at their own ballpark, you kind of knew what was going to happen if they went on the road. And that that certainly changed this year. You know, credit to Dave Neal, the pop-up on the final out, the ball was in the air, and he said it during the play, it was, that it was fitting. I don't know his exact word, but fitting that it's Tim Elko that records the final out to get to Omaha. What is this? What is does Tim Elko, obviously there's there's games left to play, huge games, potentially massive games, but how does he go down in Ole Miss history after not only what happened with the ACL stuff last year, but then to turn around and get this team to Omaha in his final season? One of the greatest hitters and one of the most important players in Ole Miss history, I think. I mean, it was like we you mentioned last year, it was a great story. He had a really productive year. He had a terrible break on a you know rounding first base in a midweek game and comes back and he became a great story and a really good hitter, I thought, through the ACL portion of it last year. And that was all a great story. But I mean, he delivered in really important spots for Ole Miss in this postseason, whether it was his home, I mean, his performance in the uh, regional final against Arizona or just yesterday. I mean, Ole Miss, that game turned into a bit of a farce when it got to 10 nothing, but that was a tight game early on. And he provided two really crucial hits at a time where that was very much in the balance. And so I think he goes down as one of the most important players in Ole Miss history and, and one hell of a good hitter, too. Hey, Brian, I appreciate you joining, uh, jumping on the show. I know you and Colin are taping in just a little while, so I'll uh, I'll let you get ready for that. Appreciate you uh, talking to me, bridging till we get the chase. About to, about to call Chase right now as he heads back to Oxford. So appreciate the time. Absolutely, Neil. Y'all have a good one. You too. That was Brian Rippey. Uh, we'll go now. I'll get Chase on. Chase, because the game ended in enough time for him to get back, he apparently did not want to spend another evening in Hattiesburg. I don't know why. Scenic. Shouldn't be fun. All right, we're getting uh, Chase on now. Hang with us. Hi. Chase, uh, you're you're on. Um, I guess real quick. Uh, for the people that have been waiting to hear from you for a while, just kind of paint the picture of, of what happened today, what happened over the weekend. It's just total domination. I was talking to Richard Cross about it a few minutes ago. Ole Miss dominates this thing, 15 to nothing over the two games. And from a starting pitching standpoint, it's it, it's a phenomenal story of trying to figure it out, taking Mike a little longer than usually usual to figure it out. But what he was, what he was able to do is asking the press conference, he said, you know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, they abandoned starting pitching completely. 
they just sort of had openers, even though he wouldn't use that word, and we're trying to piece it together. They stumble into Delusia. They move Elliott, a guy who didn't even throw it all against South Carolina in any capacity the entire series, and they've been completely dominant. They're one of the hottest teams in the country, and what they did to a Southern Miss lineup, it's not great offensively, but in that park, in that heat, with the ball flying, the wind was straight out today. Two shutouts in a row, really, really phenomenal work. And Hunter Elliott, he gets compared to Nikhazy all the time. Nikhazy never had one outing just like that. You know, Nikhazy did win all four of his games in the postseason during those two years. But Elliott was special in a way that's hard to really kind of fathom today. His composure, all of his pitches, the way he mixed, he only had three three-ball counts the entire game. He was phenomenal. That was one of those kind of Ole Miss lore-type moments for him. And, look, they've got a pretty good chance to even win some games once they get to Omaha. But, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a deal where they were 7-14. and 14. We've talked about that ad nauseum over the course of the months. They were left for dead. They outscore opponents, I guess, 45, 46 to 11 in these five games. First time in school history they've ever gone 5-0 and to start a postseason. And, you know, Mike held them together. The captains held them together. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Gave this team no chance, and they did. They just dominated a series that, you know, you and I talked about it. It was going to be this hostile environment. Well, A, Southern Miss never scored. So what do you really have to cheer about in that standpoint? Ole Miss goes 3-0 and in that park this year, also winning the midweek game. But it was incredibly cordial. Southern Miss fans stayed the entire time. I was walking through the uh, the stadium to get to the press conference after the game, and you could hear tons of Southern Miss fans congratulating Ole Miss fans, wishing them safe safe travels and good luck and whatnot. It, it was nothing like that LSU-Southern Miss games that you would see during the regional. It was just kind of a fun baseball atmosphere that Ole Miss dominated for the most part, and you know, pretty fitting. Tim Moko gets the last out. Justin Bench up on the uh, the podium with Mike there at the end. It really was. It was. It, it's sort of you know you, you want to go to use cliches. You don't want to say everything was kind of storybook. But given where this team was at, everything just fell in place over, over a weekend. And now they're headed to Omaha for the second time since 2014. Well, it's a hell of a story because 13 days ago, you and I thought we were going to be spending a Monday covering a completely different story. And I mean, and and, and frankly, we we basically were going to be covering that story. It 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 is. It is it is kind of storybook to go from number one to seven and fourteen to basically out of the tournament. Sorry, I was getting I was been requested to drink bourbon, so I was getting bourbon. Chase um, seven and fourteen and not getting in and 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 then barely getting in, getting the very last spot. I mean, that is – if you had written that scenario, I would have said, man, come on, that's kind of corny. And and here they are. I mean, and the rest of it would be they'd go do something in Omaha. What do you think they're getting uh, John Cohen for Christmas? Whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. They, they think he drinks bourbon. They some really good some, – some really good bourbon for Cohen this Christmas. I mean, if he does, I would get him a really nice bottle. I mean, it changes, yeah, because I mean, this changes everything. I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. I was, I mean, it's no secret. We were getting ready for potentially a bunch of different storylines, and I, I put the story in a minute ago about Hunter Elliott, and it went in the the admin above a lot of stuff in a completely different direction. It was about a, a coaching change in case it went that went with that way. Stuff that now could be wadded up. Mike's going to get an extension. He's going to get a raise. He's got uh, he's got escalators built into his his contract for the College World Series. I mean, it's been it's been a three week tale as you mentioned that has just completely redirected this program a uh, couple things real quick Jason, if you don't mind <clears throat> thanks to charles gardner that's very generous of you charles really appreciate that um your boy tom I'm, i've got the bourbon your boy tom has been determined for me to drink bourbon 
uh, making that happen. 650 or so uh, people in here right now listening to you, Chase. So what was Mike like after the game? He was very honest. He was very calm. You could tell that, you know, look, I was going to say you could tell that there was some sense of relief, but I'll be honest. I asked Mike about this in the press conference. He's been calm for the most part for the last several weeks into the months. I mean, he is, he's had a tone about him that I think he knew they were going to win this weekend. I, I sense no tightness from that team. Nope. Really necessarily internal pressure from that team at all. Peyton told he me was, they were going to win. I mean, we, before yeah, we got he, started, he, I can say that out was, loud now. He was candid. He was honest. He was funny. He talked about criticism. He talked about, you know, really trying to avoid social media, that he does isolate himself in a lot of ways. He knew that his kids had seen it, even though that he had mentioned it to them, that he, you know, he knew enough of the score. He understood what was going on, but that he tried to just go to work every day. He challenged his coaching staff to make sure that they just kept the players intact, kept the players in messaging. He went on a really long uh, answer about Chris Coghlan speaking to the team the week of the Missouri game and challenging them not to change their goal even though things were not looking up at that period of time. Now, Mike was Mike was pretty free today. And, I mean, I know that's obvious because they're going to the College World Series, but it's a tone that he's had. You know, he yelled at them hard after the CMO 10-run rule on that Tuesday night. It's the hardest he'd gotten on them, at least that I was able to hear in post-game huddles over the years in a pretty good while, and he was all over them. And then he kind of got that out of his system. After that, it was more of, of encouraging. It was a lot of positive reinforcement and a lot of even temperness, a lot of not trying to go yo-yo on them to just show up every day, challenge them in positive ways. And they really responded to that. You know, they did. They got they got a break by getting in the tournament. But it's 7-14. and 14, you got to do a lot of work to even get to that point. You go to Baton Rouge and you win three. You beat Missouri for three. You do some work. And I think that Mike's ability to just kind of stay calm, keep everything in front, and not go to that place where it's all kind of negative or whatever. I think that would have destroyed a team that was getting a little fragile. I think he pushed a lot of right buttons, and he's kind of seeing the uh, the fruition of that today. Uh, I'm being asked to ask you about Scott Barry's comments uh, post-game. I, I don't know what they're re- referencing because I went on – I started the show basically the moment that the game ended. Do you, are you aware? Yeah, sure. So Scott Barry is a phenomenal human being. I think that's probably the first thing to say. He is. He and Mike, you know, Mike joked earlier in the in the week that he didn't have a lot of friends. We know he signed with Jim Schlossnagel. He does talk to Scott Barry a good bit. Obviously, they run across each other inside Mississippi. Scott Barry's respect for Mike, his uh, his admiration for that program is very high. Uh, Scott said that after the game, he told Mike that if it couldn't be them, he wanted it to uh, to be Mike and wanted it to be Ole Miss. He talked about their 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 class as players, as coaches, and he said that basically the Southern Miss program will be pulling for Ole Miss to uh, to win a national title. You know, I, I I said a few minutes ago, it's hard to not root for Scott Berry to make the College World Series. He is one of the kind of the best people in baseball. He has tons of respect for Ole Miss. He said that over and over and over again. And you know, it, it, it coaches, you, you have to kind of do it with a grain of salt, but he uh, he said a lot of things about Mike getting to leave on his own terms, and essentially Mike should should have some level of a statue in Oxford just for the way he had, he had transformed the program over these 20 years. You can tell that he respects him as a person, as a uh, as a coach, and he was just showing that. It was, it was Scott, through what is obviously a very difficult weekend, very tough day for him. He, he, he heaped a ton of praise on Ole Miss and the Ole Miss program. Yeah, I've always heard he's a first-class guy, so I'm, I'm not surprised to uh, to hear that. Uh, you mentioned the Bianco thing and Mike going out on his own terms and all that. We we're, we're officially done with that forever now, right? That 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 whole narrative is finished. It's done. We we can we can set fire to it, light it. We can just be done, never again. 
it is certainly not in the near future. Let's say that. I mean, I guess we could we could get back there if we have this conversation ten years from now or eight years from now or something like that. But no, yeah, I, I think that after all the angst of of eighteen with Black Monday of nineteen, the loss to Arkansas, twenty one, the loss to Arizona. Yeah, we can put it to bed. We can stop talking about Mike's job security. <laughs> Frankly, his buyout's about to go up too. I mean, you know, just from a straight financial standpoint. He's about to get a pretty significant raise, probably. He's probably getting, you know, like I said, there is some escalators in here. He's getting back out to four years. Yeah, let's uh, let, let, let's kill that. He he did a lot of things this year to get so many monkeys off his back in that way. He wins a road regional. He had never done that before. Just destroyed the Coral Gables regional from a, from a score standpoint yeah. and, a, and an output standpoint. He goes wins the first game in the super regional. Doesn't even go to a game three. Dominates that game two. All the things that were valid criticism against him during his tenure he kind of went through the, the the ghost if you will and he picked them off one by one i wrote about it after the regional but he's continued that in the super regional now he, he really is starting to, to 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 knock off all the negatives that uh that that segment had for him i just thought they'd win this weekend I, I i didn't predict they would win like this but i remember telling you i just think they're gonna win i just thought i thought southern miss would be tight and i don't know and Ole miss wasn't tight at all just they were as loose as I've ever seen one of Bianco's teams, frankly. It also helps when your starting pitching is that good and you literally don't allow a run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, sure. it, 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 it's two different things. That environment was full. It was a full stadium. It was a loud stadium. Give Southern Miss fans a lot of credit. They stayed all nine innings. They stayed completely engaged in that game longer than, than a lot of fan bases would given how they were getting kicked around. I thought that they stayed pretty engaged on Saturday all the way through despite losing 10 nothing, And then about midway through the game, I guess when it went 4 nothing, when it went somewhere in there, I think Elliott got out of the sixth. And when he did that, Ole Miss kind of started the hotty-totty, and Southern didn't drown it out. And that was the first time all weekend they didn't try to kind of drown out Ole Miss at that point. And you went, okay, the fan the fan base is, is starting to accept some reality here. They, they got back into it a little bit when uh, Southern Miss got two of the first three on in the eighth. But yeah. it was somewhat of a formality at that point. And while it's loud, what I was going to say is, Elliot's been telling us this all week, Ole Miss has played in so many environments bigger than that, louder than that. It's still a small ballpark. And when you're playing in a, a ballpark that small and you're not giving the other team anything to really cheer about, it was not a difficult place to play. It was a lot of, it was a lot of chances for Ole Miss to stay calm, to stay loose, to kind of keep their heads and just play good baseball. They did that again today. You know, Tanner Hall pitched a pretty damn good baseball game. He was really good. good. That changeup yep. is good. You know, everybody yep. kept saying, well, hey, just lay off of it. Well, there's a reason you can't lay off of it. And Ole Miss worked the pitch count and got to him and then got the big hits and took advantage of Ole Miss always has good catching. They should appreciate that because Southern Miss had six pass balls over the weekend. They couldn't catch the baseball, and that was one of the things that really turned the tide in both games. Yeah, I felt bad for their catcher yesterday. He was having just a nightmare of a game. Just a, It was a nightmare. Um, all right. I've been saying this on the show. Tell me whether I'm right or wrong. If I'm Ole Miss, I know you're celebrating the night, and it's a fun bus ride back, obviously. But at some point in the next 24, 36 hours, I'm th- saying out loud, hey, we can go win this thing. I mean, there's their side of the bracket as of this moment is Ole Miss, Auburn, Oregon State, Arkansas, Connecticut, and Stanford. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from any of those other teams because there's some very good teams in that group. Oregon State's good. Auburn's very good. Arkansas's good and hot. But Ole Miss could come out of that. I mean, if I'm Ole Miss, I look at this like another opportunity has been put in front of me. 
No, they, the bracket has completely opened up. Notre Dame doing everyone a favor today, eliminating Tennessee. Even Scott Berry joked about that during his press conference because somebody asked him, hey, what's, what are Ole Miss's chances to go win a national title? And he said, well, he believes all eight teams that are there will have a good chance because Tennessee has been knocked out. And then he mentioned how hard it is to, to get to the College World Series using Tennessee as an example. But, no, the bracket has really opened up. I mean, you're talking about Oregon State, who didn't even throw their ace last night. He's throwing today, I guess. And if that happens – can he throw the opener? Probably not. Obviously, Auburn doesn't have elite pitching. They've really bashed the baseball around, but that's a winnable game for Ole Miss. They've already taken two of three from the Tigers on the Plains earlier this season. Stanford is not overly scary, even though they really pitch it for the most part. I mean, with all due respect to Jim Penders, UConn is not somebody who's probably going to intimidate you if you end up playing them. You're familiar with Arkansas. No, it's it's a bracket that's right there. Now, look, it's a crapshoot. Every team is red hot that gets to the College World Series, so I'm not predicting them to play in a College World Series final. But when you wake up and you see that that's your potential bracket, that's a whole hell of a lot better than it could have been. Um, And really all eight teams, there's just – everybody has some semblance of a flaw or at least has been scuffling. Ole Miss is as hot as anybody. They've clearly figured out a pitching staff, two relievers, Mallets, Johnson, didn't even have to use Brandon Johnson this weekend – and then Delucia and Elliott. And while it's a little more compressed than usual, the College World Series still gives you some days off, still allows you to to limit the number of pitchers you're going to use. It wouldn't shock me in that ballpark, as big as it is, if Dylan Delucia throws a lot of fly balls, doesn't walk anybody, gets out of that thing with a win. And if you're handing Hunter Elliott the ball against Arkansas or somebody on that second day, he's precocious as hell. He's shown you that he has the ability to handle that moment and to potentially pitch you into a into a pretty advantageous two and zero situation in Omaha. Uh, reg, regular size Ben wants to know how that park's going to play for Ole Miss's hitters. You know, Ole Miss has done a much better job of not relying on the long ball, um, so that's that's the key. The ball's flying out of there a little more than it was ten years ago. It's because the ball's juiced, in my opinion, but it's still a huge ballpark. Ole Miss is going to play some better outfield defense potentially. That's not a strong suit by any stretch of the imagination. I think it helps out a little that, that Justin Bench is probably going to be out there. They're going to play Garrett Wood, I would assume, still at third base for the most part right uh, right now. So it, look, it, it does not benefit any hitters, but Ole Miss has been better about moving runners, about not being so home run and station to station dependent. The big thing in Omaha is it's almost hard to single at times because it's hard to hit the ball over the outfielder's heads. So they move in and they take away a lot of bloops. They take away a lot of kind of short outfield base hits. So you need to hit line drives, you need to hit the ball through the infield. Ole Miss is pretty adaptable to that. I think it actually suits Ole Miss's pitchers incredibly well for the most part if they don't walk anybody, if Elliott does not get into get into you know high count trouble for the most part. And look, it, it, it's it's not a great part for Ole Miss's hitters because it's not a good part for any hitters, but they are doing a better job for a formula that could potentially work. Um, how devastated were you when Tennessee lost earlier? I was surprised that you were able to function. I, I, I was um, I, I, I was so upset by Tennessee losing that it took me about 12 seconds to go pull up Wes Rucker's Twitter feed and run all the way down it and just <laughs> enjoy every bit of Schadenfreude that I could that I could pull out of that. You know he he uh, he, he said that it was uh, it was cruel what happened to Tennessee today. He, cruel. Uh, I think cruel was the word he used. Um, so between that and one Tennessee fan saying on Twitter, and I get it's one Tennessee fan and it's Twitter for God's sake so this is not representative of anything but somebody did take the time to type out that Notre Dame's fans and players 
were more rude and disrespectful to Tennessee today than oh. Tennessee had been at any point this season to anyone. So <laughs> there was uh, there was that. So but no, it was look. Notre Dame was clearly America's team today. They got no it doubt, done. No doubt. I, I, I had given up on them in the middle innings, but there in the seventh, they uh, they showed up. And <laughs> hey, Link Jarrett's going to have another job here in a few weeks, and he's going to earn it. Let's throw let's throw an extra an extra couple bu- bucks on there for him with what he what, what he did to the balls. Yeah, who would have ever thought that Notre Dame would be America's favorite little engine that could? I mean, nobody would have ever looked at Notre Dame like since the Rudy movie and been like, oh yeah, like, we're, we're all in on the Irish. No, uh, Notre Dame and Ole Miss, the only two programs in the country with a uh, a New Year's New Year's Six bowl game and a College World Series berth. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Um, let's see. Dixie Reb twenty six wants to know about uh, TJ McCant's thumb. Will he be full go in time for Omaha? It was clearly good when he hit the home run today. Uh, so that was a good sign. You know, Mike was not sure that he could give a competitive at bat. He knew that he technically could swing the bat, um, but he wasn't sure what it was going to look like, especially against Waldrop or uh, or Hall. He played in the outfield. That means he can squeeze the glove. So, yeah, I would say he's getting close to healthy. Look, TJ just has to be better. I mean, you look at TJ since May 1st. Prior to today, he was hitting 140 with a 288 OPS. I mean, that's not getting it done no matter what your thumb is. Garrett Woods put some pretty good at-bats together. I think in some ways it's it's his production overall. You know, he's not necessarily getting Wally pipped, but at the same point, he's just got to play better. I don't think it's a guarantee that uh, that, that McCants goes back in every day. I think Woods still going to get some time. And especially with Wood playing decent defense at third base, it lets you put Justin Bench out there. And you got to really – you got to focus on defense a little more in Omaha. So Ole Miss is going to – I'm going to make sure I'm right because I've had some people asking me. I've, I've been saying Ole Miss at 6 o'clock on Saturday. They play the final of the first four games. Is that your understanding as well? That is my guess. I'm not 100% sure that the bracket days have been set just because you don't know how many games are going to tomorrow. But, yeah, that, that, that makes the most sense to me. I did not see where the bracket literally showed that. But it does look like, and it was kind of the operating opinion of everybody in Hattiesburg that uh, that Ole Miss would play that late game on on Saturday, following Arkansas playing the early game. So they have what's what's called bracket one and bracket two, and right now it says bracket one plays on Friday, and there's three teams in bracket one: A and M, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma, and then. Bracket two plays Saturday, and right now two teams from bracket two are in, and it's Arkansas and Ole Miss. So I think okay, I'm, well, I think okay. I'm right. I, I think I've, I was researching it as you were giving the answer. I think. Well, well, and again, it would make no sense for a team to have to play tomorrow or play today. You know, play tomorrow for a game three, and then turn around and play on Friday, right? In Omaha, that that that, that makes no sense. Uh, by the way, all college, all teams, all eight teams have to be in Omaha on Wednesday. Uh, press conferences on Thursday for all eight teams and then game starting with, like you said, bracket one on, on, on Friday. Just hope there's no lightning within eight miles. Did you see any of that today? <laughs> North Carolina and Arkansas were at the park for like eight, nine hours because, and it never rained. It never rained a drop, not a single drop, but they had the lightning delays. Well, East Carolina and Texas still have not restarted as of 745. Yeah. They're, they're st- as of this moment, to the best of my knowledge, they have not restarted. I feel really bad for cliff because i don't think it's going to go well and they had that thing in their hands he's it's it's going to become such a, a storyline there every time that they get to this place again because it's it's hard to get there and i mean old missus lived it it's the exact same thing it, it, that he was he was five six outs with a three-run lead 
with Texas deep in their bullpen, and you just put it away and couldn't do it. Yeah, you knew a- that they were going to have a hard time today. And then the, the the kid for Texas, Melendez, he hits his thirty first home run of the season. I mean, just my God of the year he's having. He uh, he he puts them up early, and I'm sure it, it really put a put a lull over the jungle there in Greenville. Yeah, I was watching that in my hotel room yesterday, and it was just. Oh, he's kind of started feeling sick when the kid for Texas hit the three-run home run. I mean, I, I literally kind of felt something. Like I have no reason to feel anything for East Carolina. Like who cares? But I just, I just knew you knew what those kids were thinking, and you could see it. Um, Elizabeth is asking when would the second game be? I was looking for a schedule, and I can't, I can't find one. I, I would assume the second game would be like Tuesday. Yes, it would be. Whatever day they play, they get a day off and play the next. So it'll, so be, be, a, it'll, it'll be a loser's bracket game first so, and then a winner's bracket game that, that night. So Ole Miss will play Saturday and Monday for sure. That is correct. Okay. Yes. And then after that, yes. it gets on into the – It gets a little weird with days off after that. However, I did see that they did. They took the day off away between the, the regional bracket play, if you will, and the, uh, the final series. It used to be – off on Sunday and play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now they're just going ahead and playing directly after the original uh, brackets are, are over. Oh, that'll be interesting. That, that <laughs> does change the strategy a little bit. Right. Um, trying to think of anything else I need to get to. Just, I know you're you're driving back right now. How hot was it today? It was incredibly brutal today. I, I did not think yesterday was that hot. I mean, relative to where we were, what we were hearing about high temperatures, it was nothing crazy. Today felt 15 to 20 degrees hotter. It was miserable out there today. I saw that a couple people put temperature readings on the turf, and it was somewhere between 140 and 150 degrees at different points of today. I mean, that's getting to points where I would think it starts getting through your shoes a little bit. It was brutal. I meant to ask Hunter Elliott why he's still wearing sleeves, but he uh, he, he, he did all that today still with uh, with wearing the, the mock turtleneck and the sleeves up under his, uh, his jersey. But, no, it was – it was brutal. It's the hottest day of the year by far, and it was uh, it was tough on that turf. I mean, it was a, it was a mess out there from a heat standpoint. Uh, it's what made me worry about the USM catcher because he looked like his eyes were almost kind of rolling in the back of his head with heat exhaustion yesterday, and then he had to come back out there and do it again today with uh, with, with all those pass balls behind him. Yeah, he had a tough weekend. That that I, I, I legitimately felt bad for him. That's a hard position, and in that heat, and you know he's not the fittest guy in the world, and he was struggling. Um, we get a, Matt Browning wants to know, he says, I've been seeing Kendall Rogers tweeting a ton of kids going in the portal from other schools. He wants to know if there's any specific spots Ole Miss is going to portal hunt for. Every position possible. Look, I mean, everybody's going to go after every starting pitcher. Um, Ole Miss clearly could, you know, probably use some, some, some outfielders. Their true outfielders are, are pretty lacking right now. They lose a lot there either for sure or potentially it's the same score as always. You find the best available players and you figure it out. You see how much money you have available. They're probably going to have to trim the roster a little more. I think over the next two weeks or so, you'll really uh, have a little better beat on that. I'll try to get some specific names that are going on. I'll put those on the message board at rebelgrove.com. Just remember though, the portal, you have to be in the portal by July 1st. The draft is later on in the summer. It's sort of a logistical nightmare on how that plays out. And you're seeing a lot of teams now get guys to go in the portal, they get them out of the portal, and then they still might be drafted. So you're essentially getting a bunch of lottery tickets to the portal. Auburn's done that with a pitcher. That's been a little bit of a new thing that wasn't really something last year. Yeah, well, there's, there's some funny stuff in the thread that you can't see. It's it's Apparently, Funkies is uh, – Funkies, right as we speak, Funkies is, is on the 
backside of the party, which okay. things can get a little things get a little depressing at that point. Um, also, of note, Richard just kind of pointed out to me while I was sitting here is that uh, there also could be more scholarships available. There is movement pretty quickly on potential rule changes on to the twenty five. I mean, you don't really know where it could go to, towards the twenty five, like the full scholarship thing. Correct, potentially, yeah. Oh. We don't know that, but it is something that's been bouncing about. That would create chaos, wouldn't it? Complete and utter chaos with what teams are willing to fulfill it in different ways, yes. 100%. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. There's, I'm, I'm giving people just another minute or two while I've got you on the phone. I appreciate your time. And have more content at Rebel Grove, by was, the way. I was going to ask you, what have you written? Up right now, and then I'm going to deep dive into some of Mike's comments about the way he managed that period of time around seven and fourteen, what he's heard, what he's seen, go into that a little bit um, and, and dive into that. So that'll be the second story up at Rebel Grove uh, tonight in the morning, very, very early, whenever it whenever it gets done. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. It, it, I'll, I guess just overall thoughts about the state of the of the tournament at this point, the teams that are in, the teams that uh, that are still playing. What kind of anything sticking out in your mind that's caught your attention over the course of the weekend? That's the SEC West. Texas A&M in, Arkansas in, Ole Miss in, Auburn one win away. And, hey, get ready for a, a league that's about to be even more of a bear. Oklahoma's in. Texas is very close to being in. I mean, you're talking about under the way it could fall correctly if had Tennessee won today. You could have had seven of eight teams being current or future SEC members. Still could be six. So uh, just get ready. It's not getting any easier. But at the same time, that's RPI. That's profile. That's benefit of the doubt. And look, you know, Ole Miss is gaining a little more of that here. You know, they they got a favor from the committee. North Carolina State's the one that got screwed a little bit. Ole Miss gets in. You know, Grand Canyon got in and shouldn't have. I think you're going to see even more kind of power five movement maybe in future years of letting those teams in. And, uh, you know, Ole Miss gains a little more, a little more benefit of the doubt. And the SEC is just, uh, just loaded for bear. So, no, the SEC West, the future, you know, Western teams or SEC teams or whatever – they're showing out right now. I mean, Stanford and, and UConn was the only super regional that didn't involve one of them. It's a brutal league. You and I talk about it all the time. People, I, th- I think it's easy to get, you know, obviously as a fan to get you know hung up on your team, your school, and not view the league as a whole. And I was guilty of it this year because I kept watching over the course of the season, and I was like, ah, I don't know if the league's as good as it normally is. And I think it was because of what you said earlier in the conversation. There was not – that front line pitching for a lot of teams. You know, a lot of teams lost their front line guy. Ole Miss kind of hunted for a front line guy before it found, you know, Delusia. But um, the league wasn't down. Turns out I was completely wrong. The league's the league was a gritty league that sort of beat each other up. And then when they got away from each other and got to other teams, that toughness showed. Like you saw it with Ole Miss and Southern Miss. You saw it with. Um, Texas A&M and Louisville. You saw it at least last night with Auburn and going to Oregon State and winning. You saw it with Arkansas winning at at, at North Carolina, coming from behind today to win. I mean, th- these are teams that have you know just beat each other up, and uh, they're they're a lot tougher for it. Well, and look at this, Nilvin. Kind of last thing as you said that is that it's what makes Ole Miss's eyes light up a little bit on opportunities ahead, and should scare teams a little bit because Ole Miss has not played bad offenses so far in this postseason. 
they've got the only shutouts in Super Regional play, and they've got two of them. Yeah. And then you look at the regional, they beat Miami 2-1. to one. There are not many low-scoring games, but the Rebels have been able to, to not only have them on the mound, but to uh, – you know, to kind of play in them, play well, play loose in them offensively also. I mean, Ole Miss, again, they've played five postseason games and allowed 11 total runs. Yeah, it's remarkable how well they've pitched the ball. And, and they've, you know, earlier in the year, their defense wasn't very good. And right now, their defense has been very solid. Defense is good. Uh, Hayden has done a really good job behind the plate, I feel like, in the last, you know, two weeks compared to maybe where he was at points of the regular season. He's managed that pitching staff well. And and they've sort of put the ingredients together because, you know, I said this last night, it would have been really easy in a way because he's the guy who had been out there to just insert Reagan Burford back in at third base and hope he hits and hope he doesn't make many errors. They put in a guy that was hitting 140 on the season, had did not have, not have a start all year, and did not really show anything offensively. And he had an error in the first inning of the game or his first opportunity of the game against Miami. It's a pretty, just from changing it up, believing in something, a pretty impressive coaching move there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I appreciate the time. Uh, I know you're driving back. Hope you get back safely. Uh, We'll put this up as a Monday podcast, and I look forward to seeing you Tuesday morning. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Okay. That was Chase Parham on his way back from uh, Hattiesburg. So what I'll do is we're about two hours and ten minutes in. There's 658 of you here right now. I'll open up the phone lines. I'll talk as long as you guys want to talk. And I think we've we've covered the bases on uh, Ole Miss's big win over uh, Southern Miss today, what it means Ole Miss playing on Saturday in the College World Series against the winner of the Auburn-Oregon State Super Regional. Game two of that series begins in about an hour. Out in Corvallis, if Auburn wins, Auburn punches its ticket and will meet the Rebels. If Auburn does not win, if Oregon State wins, they'll play again tomorrow at a time to be determined. I don't know what that time will be. But uh, anyway, I'll hang out with you guys as long as you want to. Who's on the Who's on the call? Hey, it's David from Georgia. Hey, David. Yeah, just <laughs> of all the teams Mike's had for this one, to be one, the one that made it to the College World Series is just unbelievable to me. I could, halfway through the season, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, I sold them off. I thought they were dead. Yeah, I mean, uh, like they, 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 they were really close. I mean, they, they almost <laughs> were. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not outrageous that you thought that. I mean, they, they were, they were really, really, really close to dead. I and I, I don't know. I think I think the season got turned around when he finally said, "All right, Delusia, you're my Friday night guy. Go out there. You're not coming out of the rotation. You're my Friday night guy. Go." Yeah, I think that was a big part. So, and then and, Elliot handling the Saturday, and you know, look, Elliot this, has been amazing. Oh, he's a, he's a he's a bad boy. Listen, the, the, it also helped. You know, we talked about this. This was a team that. It, it had one path through a regional, and that was clean. They 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 didn't need to have a ugly ugly regional where they had to climb out of a loser's bracket. I just did. They had the pitching, and once they beat Miami in that two to one game that Chase just referenced a few minutes ago, I mean, from that point on, I mean, they 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 were built for a super regional. They're built for Omaha, especially if they can stay in the winner side of it. Yeah, I mean, they got a hell of a I shot. Was, I- I was I was sitting there and I was trying to explain the whole format to my dad because he didn't quite understand it. But I'm like, yeah, if they win two games, they get some serious time off. 
that's like the the first the first set is set up like a regional and the yeah. the championship set super. So that's right. But all right, man. I'm just I'm I'm still in shock. So just <laughs> I'll let you go, and you guys have some more callers, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. So again, uh, please make sure that um, collegecornerstore.com realizes that you guys appreciate this particular podcast, this particular live stream. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Uh, go to uh, the the search at College World Series. You can find all of their gear, Ole Miss branded gear that's perfectly available, that's that's ready to go. It's already um, it's already set. I think you can get it in time for the College World Series. I haven't seen what's there yet because obviously I've been here with you guys, but uh, it's up at collegecornerstore.com. Uh, just go to College World Series in the search and you'll find it. Um, <laughs> Larry Joe says, if Ole Miss wins at all, does it mean that Mississippi is number one in baseball and not just obesity? Um, yeah, I think that's what it means. Uh, Adam says, I'm a grown-ass man who understands there's work still to do but shed more than a few tears. That's cool. That's what sports is. What makes sports fun is that it lets you do that. Yes, uh, Charles, thank you for reminding me. Please hit the like button. If you uh, if you haven't subscribed to MPW Digital, we'd appreciate you doing that. It won't cost you a thing. Hit the like button. Uh, hit subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Tell a friend. All that stuff. Um, we'd appreciate it. What we'll plan to do over the course of Omaha is we'll probably do these post-game shows where at least I'll come on here. And I mean, I know everybody would prefer to talk to Chase. and I get it. And he's the one that's much more dialed in. But I'll come in and we'll do live reactions and then we'll get to Chase when he's done with his work. And um, let's kind of make that something we do from the uh, from the College World Series, however long it lasts. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's a hell of a run. It should be should be an interesting run, if nothing else. Um, all right, phone lines still open. I'll stay with you guys until it becomes obvious that you don't you don't uh, you don't want to stay any longer. Had the bourbon. Appreciate all the super chats, by the way. Appreciate that a lot. Chase has content up at rebelgrove.com. I will be looking to see if Ole Miss. I'll check. In fact, I'll check right now to see if Ole Miss has put anything on the FTP. Uh, yeah. I think I might be able to play that for you guys here in a minute. Downloading it now. When do I think the Cubs will win their division again? It's going to be a long time, Tom. Long time. Um, all right. Uh, if y'all want to, I think you're here. I think people wouldn't mind hearing it. It's going to take me a second. It's going to be a little awkward moment for me to kind of build a scene here, but I'll, um, I'll do that. You guys can watch the Ole Miss press conference from um, today's game. Just got to go in here and create a scene. Hattiesburg. And then go here. I know this is great pod, but anyway. Here's Ole Miss. Hattiesburg Super Regional Champions, Ole Miss. Head coach Mike Bianco, starting pitcher Hunter Elliott, seven and a third innings, ten strikeouts. Center fielder Justin Bench, three for five at the plate and an RBI. Coach Bianco, again, congratulations on a on a great 
super regional. Congratulations here. Just kind of recap this just in your own words. Well, you know, first, uh, thank you. And uh, first, you know, want to congratulate, you know, Coach Scott Barry. I know we've, we've said this for a few days, but, you know, him and his team, uh, what, what an unbelievable year. And uh, uh, as I've mentioned before, you know, we've been on the other side of this, and it, it's tough. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, to be where they were and have just a tremendous year, and, you know, we faced two pitchers that were fortunate. You know, it's, it wasn't a, a great draw for us, you know, to have to face, you know, uh, Hall and Waldrop. But, uh, you know, we played, you know, outstanding. And so, you know, the question was asked a lot, you know, what, what, what does it take? I guess what it takes is don't let the other team score, uh, you know, in a super regional and you, you, you got a shot to win. But uh, I say that sarcastically, but it's true. You got to play well. And uh, we certainly played uh, well, you know, Hunter was outstanding today. Another great pitching performance. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Mallets at the end uh, has been as good as anybody on our staff uh, the last month or so. Uh, Justin, you know, terrific game. And, you know, uh, certainly wasn't a, a, a day of offense, but I thought we, like last night, I thought we made Hall really work. And, uh, and sometimes it doesn't look that way because you're not scoring runs. And uh, we, we missed a couple opportunities early, but that shows you how good he is. Uh, but we were able to you know, maybe get the pitch count up a little bit and got a couple you know, uh, balls that found holes. And uh, you know, we're able to push a couple runs uh, across. And fortunately, the way we pitched, that's all we needed. All right, open up to questions. Mike, I think the term you used yesterday was you guys had knocked on the door previously and you come up a little bit short and this year obviously you guys get through. I guess from your perspective, what made this year's team different than the ones the last few years? You know, again, I, I get the question and it's, it's, a, it's a hard answer uh, uh, because I don't know if you're looking for scheme or, or whatnot. What makes this team special is the story that all you guys know, all the beat writers, where this team was 7-14 and 14 and uh, in a place that we've never been in 22 years. So we've only been to Omaha tw you know, twice, you know, but we had never been 7-14. and 14. And, uh, you know, in our league. And so, uh, and I've said it over and over, guys like Justin and Tim and, and Kevin and Derek Diamond and Chofi and so many older guys uh, didn't let this team go. And, um, you know, uh, started playing at the end, you know, like I think we were capable. You know, so we started the season that way and played really well. Uh, and, you know, now we're, we, we finished it that way. Justin, a lot of great seniors on this team who have been in this spot before and haven't been able to break through until this year. Talk about it from the seniors' perspective. What does it really mean for you guys to get that trip to Omaha? Well, I mean, I'm speechless right now. Uh, I'm just so proud of this team. And, uh, you know, we were 17-14, like Coach said, and it looked like we were out of it, but we just stuck together. Um, you know, the senior leadership, you know, kept, kept everybody under their wing, and, and we just kept winning. And we got us to here, and, you know, I'm just proud of this team. My right, question in the back. Mike, when you were watching Hunter develop this year, uh, did you think he was capable of pitching like this? I mean, against the number 11 national seed. I know we saw that he was good in other outings this year as well, but when you saw him coming up, when did you kind of realize that he was capable of this, and, and what impressed you the most about his performance today? You know, we always knew he was good. He, you know, obviously a high-profile recruit, you know, coming out of uh, high school in Tupelo, uh, and he had a really good fall. Uh, but he was like a lot of guys, like Delusia, you know, like Diamond, a lot of those guys that pitched well in the fall. We weren't sure what his role was going to be. 
and uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, he didn't get the opportunity to start very much. We we put him in the bullpen, uh, but once we moved him, you know, uh, you know, into the rotation, he's been terrific. And you know, when you watch him, he's one of those guys where. Um, He's not going to light up the radar gun. There's not, you know, 95s. There's not an, you know, 85-mile-an-hour slider. Uh, but when you watch and you watch the confidence, you watch the toughness, uh, much like Delucia from the other side where they just make pitches. They make pitches and get off the field. And a lot of times that's the difference. If you remember, I said that last night, you know, in the press conference. And uh, he's very similar. Goes about a little different. You know, he's left-handed, change-up. Uh, but slider really improved over the course of the year. Uh, and he's had a lot of really good games for us, uh, but none better than this. I mean, he, he, was, he was lights out today. And uh, you had mentioned at y'all's media day at the very beginning of the year that it was like, it's no secret you hadn't been to Omaha since 2014. You had a little bit of bad luck along the way, but now y'all finally punched that ticket and getting there. I mean, does it feel like a weight is kind of lifted off y'all's, uh, y'all's shoulders at all a little bit? And I mean, what are kind of the other emotions that come with that? You know, not today. I mean, you know, today we came here to win. You know, and, uh, you know, we, we knew what was at stake. Uh, uh, it's not a secret. You guys ask the question a lot, so it's hard to not know that, uh, those stats. But uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, and I mean this sincerely, it's not about me. Yeah, I didn't throw one ball today. I didn't swing the bat at all. You know, it's about these guys and to watch, you know, Justin and Tim. And I said to to Keith, you know, after the game, what an amazing sport this is, you know, because, you know, so many times, you know, uh, like in the Miami regional championship game, we put uh, Garrett Wood in at third base. First start ever. The first ball gets hit to him, right? Today, the last ball goes to Tim Elko. Right, the guy that came back and uh, you know uh, wanted to go to Omaha, came back to go to Omaha. So how fitting! And so my point being, uh, it's about them. It's never been about me. Uh, I've been here a long time, and you know we've had a lot of success. Yeah, we haven't gotten to Omaha as much as you know we'd want. Probably not as much as the fans would want. Uh, but we've won a lot of baseball games. But we've had a lot of great kids. You know that were in the other dugout, and uh, that's tough. That's a, that's a that's a tough day, and so I'm just excited for this group. Coach, what do you remember about that 2014 run, that team? Any comparisons or anything you can draw on tangibly or even intangibly that you're seeing with this team now? Um, great leadership. You know, one of those when I, I look back and you know look at the guys that you know Will Allen and Austin Anderson were captains on that team, but. It, it, the leadership was much broader than that. Guys like Preston Overby and others uh, that you know helped. You know, maybe weren't the stars, uh, but were rocks of the team. And and you need that. You need that when you, you have when you get to Omaha. Everybody will talk what a great year. Maybe not so much this team, right? Because we we've, we've we've talked about it so much. But that 14 team uh, had some bumps in the road. We had some times where you know we lost some tough games, some tough weekends, uh, and they were able to continue to to get back off the mat. And uh, and if you look at even that re you know, super regional, you know where you know we lost you know the first game and we're down you know in the second game got a big home run by Overby uh, and then just a just a war in game three. Uh, so so uh, just toughness, toughness and great leadership. Yeah, Hunter, uh, Scott Berry, the Southern coach, went on and on about how terrific you were today. And he said when you came over to back up a play at third base, that 
He said, I looked at him. He, he hadn't even broken out a razor yet. Have you? Uh, yeah, I, I shaved two days ago. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't shave a ton. Uh, super patchy, super not much hair, maybe some peach fuzz, but I mean, that, that's probably why I said it. I'm clean shaved, I would say. Mike, I think it was about two months ago you completely abandoned the concept of starting pitchers, and now you throw back-to-back -back shutouts in the Super Regional. I know it's a really long process of how things turned around, but how did this turnaround happen in your yeah. eyes? And, and, and I think I, I think back then we were just searching. And, and really the, the hope was not that that would last the rest of the season, but it would enable us to find some people, find some people that you know, would start the game, put some zeros up, and give us an opportunity. We knew how good the offense was, uh, and we hit a stretch where we just uh, – the bullpen um, at the beginning of the year was, was, was good. I wouldn't say great, was good. Uh, but we were just uh, stretching that pen so much early on. And then once we got into Southeastern Conference play uh, – um, you know, you just realize that there's just no way we can get through it this way. So it was really more conceptual to get the guys in the mindset of just being ready to get the ball and get outs. And uh, and, and the hope was that some guys would, you know, uh, rise from that. And, and, of course, you know, Delucia and Elliot did. Mike, uh, I know you said this is not about you, but I'm wondering when you are focused on the grind and just winning games with this team, do you hear detractors? Do you hear criticism? Have you heard that of you? Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, and uh, maybe w when you're walking to the, the to the mound and somebody yells out, "It's too late now, Bianco." You know, sometimes I hear that, um, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. I uh, it, it's it's challenging for 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 the players because their life. Um, is all about social media, you know. Um, I try to stay off. I, I'm on it. I'm on Twitter, you know, uh, but I don't follow a few. I don't even follow you, Parrish. Uh, sorry. Uh, but you, you learn in a hurry uh, that if you don't follow a lot of stuff, you don't hear a lot of noise. Uh, and then you also, you know, if you don't read, you know, past your tweets, you don't have to hear all the comments. And because at the end of the day, that's just the coach. You know, that's not me. That's not Mike Bianco. That's not the husband and the father and all of those things. So I learned a long time ago that, you know, you can't live in that world. Uh, but you know it's out there uh, because I can tell, you know, my loved ones, you know, see it. I can tell, you know, they won't say anything to me, but I can tell. You know, I can see it in their faces. So, uh, but me personally, I, uh, I try to stay away from it, and I think I do a pretty good job. Hunter, you've had in a bunch of your starts a lot of traffic on the bases, especially early in games. That was different today. Did it did it feel different? Was there something was there something extra special for you on the mound that kind of allowed you to avoid that? Uh, uh, my big thing going into the day was try to avoid as many three ball counts as I can. Uh, and I I went back and looked, and I think I had three three ball counts. So uh, the reason I always have a lot of traffic is, and stuff is because I walk a lot of guys, and I've I've hit a few guys. Uh, but my biggest mindset and my biggest thing today was just flood the zone, attack them with my best stuff, uh, whatever I got that day, and stay out of three-ball counts. So it was nice. Two more questions. Hunter, just in terms of the emotions, how was that for you navigating kind of through all that, not trying to think outside of the next pitch, but what all today kind of meant? I mean, how was that for you on the mound? Yeah, early, uh, obviously, it was a lot of excitement. The crowd was really into it, was trying to get after you a little bit. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things for me is throwing up a zero in the first uh, and then
trying to act like it's just another game. Obviously, it's not, but uh, just trying to act like it's just another game, go by pitch by pitch, and uh, I, I think I did a good job of that today. Coach, I think over the past three weeks, you know, y'all are undefeated in the Navy uniforms. Is it safe to say that that's going to be the first one you wear going to Omaha? <laughs> you know, uh, it wasn't superstition. He always wears Navy. It's Delusia that, uh, that just screwed it up this weekend. It was actually on the itinerary for us to wear red yesterday. And as Lush can do. He said, ah, I think we'll just wear Navy. Um, but uh, we wore Navy down. Lush usually wears red, but, you know, the home team selects. So against Arizona, they selected to wear red, so we had to wear Navy. Of course, he wore Navy. Uh, and then we wore, I think, red in the championship down there. So uh, it hasn't all been Navy. And so I got a little heat. Why aren't you wearing the powders? It's, you know, I'm sure we'll pull out the powders at some point, and um, we'll see what happens. Mike, you mentioned the players, but 7-14 and 14, during those couple of weeks, what kind of attitude or message did you try to bring every day? I mean, what was the, you know, just sort of the, the tone you wanted to set with them during that, that period of time? You know, uh, there was a couple things. You know, one, uh, you know, we challenged the coaching staff, you know, to uh, – you know, to not read the noise or hear the noise and to, to do your job. And your job is to coach this team that, you know, we all said a few weeks ago was really good. And that's our job is to, to coach them. So we challenged the coaching staff. We challenged the players. Um, I said this yesterday, uh, but I think it, you know, deserves to be said again. Uh, through all of that, um, as I look back on those moments, those tough weekends where we would win on Friday and lose a close game Saturday, lose a close game Sunday, and lose another weekend, I don't remember a time. Uh, and at that time, you know, we kind of had our antennas up, you know, because we challenged the players and wanted great energy. There was never a time where I felt they didn't think they could win. And that's really the difference, you know, um, you know, the, through the tough times, whatever it was, if we weren't pitching well or we weren't hitting well, I don't remember a time looking, looking in our dugout, even if we had just given up a lead early or whatever it was, I don't remember, you know, looking in the dugout and going, man, you know, we, you know, I, I don't know if we can win. Uh, so, you know, credit them. Um, and uh, I will give you a little, I don't know if you've ever heard this, uh, Chris Coglin. He spoke to the team. Uh, Missouri weekend? Yeah Missouri. yeah, Missouri weekend. We have a thing uh, that they do with the alumni, and they bring one of the alumni back. They you know, come to a team meal, and, uh, and he said a few words. He's such a great speaker. You know, I'm so proud of him. Obviously, you know, a superstar, you know, big leaguer, rookie of the year. Uh, I didn't know what he was going to say. Um, and he challenged the guys. He challenged the guys to not listen to the noise. He challenged the guys to don't, don't you dare change your goals because somebody else you know told you that you know you're not good enough don't don't you dare all of a sudden just hope to get to the SEC tournament or just hope to make it to postseason he challenged the guys he goes not even just to get to Omaha he said your job is to win a national championship that that was your goal a month ago why would you let somebody on you know this on uh, on the internet talk you out of your goals, somebody that you wouldn't listen to as, as advice to hit or pitch, but you're going to let them talk you out of that. Um, I thought that was pretty special, you know, and uh, it was about the time we swept Missouri, uh, swept LSU and finished pretty strong, but uh, it, it was a challenge from a former player, and he didn't mean it in a bad way. 
You know, he, he loved the kids, and he told them. He told them he knew how hard and what they, they were going through, but to not change their goals and settle for being mediocre. He says, as long as you're still playing, as long as there's games and you can reach there, I don't know why you would want to. And he's stayed in touch through this whole thing. Sending me texts, you know, during the regional and during the super regional, and my phone's buzzing now, and I'm sure one of them's from Chris Coglin. So it was a, it was a pretty neat moment for us. And to the media, thank you guys for all your coverage this week. Coach Bianco, Justin, Hunter, again, congratulations on the super regional championship. Good luck in Omaha. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That was uh, Mike Bianco, Justin Bench. Hunter Elliott, brought to you by Naked HD or something along those lines. It's not really. If you're not, if you're just listening and you're not in the thread, you have no idea what we're talking about. The bots have been attacking throughout the course of the night. It's been, it's been quite the battle, me versus the bots. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I feel like I'm hanging in there against the bots. All right. Um, phone lines are open. Like I said been going for uh how long two hours and 34 minutes or so so Ole Miss headed to Omaha they'll play on I think Saturday I'm now told that the schedule might not be exactly right if I'm reading the bracket correctly the bracket that's out there on the official NCAA site Ole Miss will play on Saturday night at six against Auburn or um Oregon State depending on who wins that super regional but I guess it's conceivable that Ole Miss would play the 1 o'clock game. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's okay. It it looks like it's the 6 o'clock game based on the bracket. And that Arkansas will play um, the winner of this UConn-Stanford series at the 6 o'clock game. That's what it if, – if the bracket's correct, that's what it'll be. By the way, Stanford leads UConn 8-2. to two. They're in the bottom of the 6. Uh, UConn has two on with two out. 8-2. to two. UConn uh, with a win clinches a spot in Omaha. Stanford with a win forces a game three uh, tomorrow at some point. I don't know a time on that. I don't know that the time's out there. Um, all right, so I'm going to open up the phone lines, and um, I'll take some calls if you guys want to call. And if it becomes obvious that nobody wants to call anymore, my feelings will not be hurt. It's okay. And um, we'll wrap it up. Again, Ole Miss is headed to Omaha. They beat Southern Miss 5 to nothing. Um, ooh, that's got that's got moved. I'm sorry. Look at that. Need to fix that. I didn't mean to make myself that big. I'm way too big on that screen. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Grant from New Albany, Neil. How you doing? Hey, Grant. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So, um, I want to give you credit. You had a you had really good feel for the way the weekend could potentially go for Ole Miss this weekend against Southern Miss. You kind of hit the nail on the head, and it kind of worked out how you thought it might. How do you see them moving forward? Will they will they play just, you know, happy to be there? Or do you see them no. kind of attacking it as a free shot and yeah. making a run at this thing? I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. I, I think they're either going to win or win the whole thing or someone's going to take it from them. That's simple. Um, I I don't think this team's going to be tight. Uh, I I don't I don't think they're going to be intimidated. I don't think they're going to be happy to be there. I mean, look, the other teams that are there are are good too, right? I mean, you don't you don't get to Omaha without being a good team. Again, uh, Auburn or Oregon State, whoever gets there, that's a good team. 
Uh, Arkansas is a good team. Whoever, if if Stanford comes back and beats Connecticut, Stanford's a really good team. I mean, you 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 have to be you have to be good to get to that place. There's no question about that. But but Ole Miss right now is as hot as anybody in the country. They have dominated a regional. They've dominated a super regional. There's absolutely no there's absolutely no reason for them to believe that that they can't get to the national title series. I mean, they're they'll have as good as or better than or, or a better shot than the other teams in that bracket, in my opinion. Well, I didn't say that they will win or they won't win, Evan. That's not fair. I said they'll either win or someone will take it from them. They're not going to go. I don't think this team's going to go beat themselves by being complacent. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, we made it. Cool. I think they're going to go try to win the whole thing. And they should. Hey, who's this? Yeah. Okay. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. Hey, who's on? This will again. Are you, does it start on Friday this year instead of Saturday? That's my understanding. Is it starts on Friday? Looking at okay. the, I'm looking so, at the bracket. Um. Yeah, the bracket says bracket one plays Friday. All the teams are required okay. to be there on Wednesday, so that would make sense that they're there Friday. Yeah. Sorry, I just heard y'all keep saying that, and I, was, I didn't know if maybe y'all – I didn't know. Because yeah. it's usually Saturday – I didn't know. It's usually Saturday, Sunday. I think they, they, they have – there has been some criticism in the past that it lasts too long. Uh, the teams who are there who advance to the final are, are end up being there for like 17 days, which is kind of outrageous. And so I think they're I, – I do think they're trying to compress it a little bit. Chase referenced that. Okay. As, Ch- Chase referenced that as well. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that because you kept I, – I, I, I had no clue because I was trying to book flights and I just had no clue. Yeah, I'm, I'm – today's the 12th. It's 16th and 17th is the first games. Okay. So, yeah, that's Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm – 99.9% sure that Ole Miss plays on Saturday. And I'm about 90% sure that they play Saturday at 6. But there's a chance they play Saturday at 1. But if they stick with the bracket that's up at the NCAA side, Ole Miss plays the 6 o'clock game. Ole Miss plays the final of the four first-round games. Well, hell, it's the NCAA. They might not play till July. It's it's certainly possible. And there might be lightning somewhere in Wyoming, and they, they delay things for a month. I mean, that's possible, but that's what it looks like. Do they have to wear masks or no? I mean, I hope so. I hope so because I mean, how the else? The monkeypox is coming. I mean, how else do you honor the memory of all the baseball players that died last year at the, yeah. at the tournament? Anyway, all right. Thank you for clearing that up. Okay. Chad, I'm always glad to have you in the thread to fix things for us. I'm just telling you what what has been said, and I might have dates wrong. It's been a been a few hours. It's been a day. Seventeenth and eighteenth, the first days. Always good to have Chet as the uh, the great corrector. So it's yeah, Ole Miss will play Saturday and Monday for sure, and then depending on what they do, winners bracket, losers bracket, double win. Obviously, if you lose twice, you're out. They'll go from there. But Ole Miss will play on Saturday and then play 
on Monday. They'll play Saturday against either um, Auburn or Oregon State, and they'll play on Monday against either Stanford, Connecticut, or Arkansas. That's the part that we know. Yeah, Charles says drink more. I don't know if that's a smart idea. I've had one power bar today. I've had a, one of those one bars. That's all I've had. So the drinking heavily is probably not a great idea at this point. Um, phone lines open here the last few minutes. Appreciate uh, all you guys who have uh, who've been with us throughout the course of the night. I think we at one point we were at almost seven hundred, which is a huge number. So really appreciate that. Four hundred and sixty-seven of you right now. Really appreciate that. We'll do these throughout Omaha, however long Ole Miss goes. Hopefully for a long ride, and um, <laughs> and um, we'll be here with you throughout it. Um, I have been I have been fasting. I've been fasting for about ten weeks now. It's really worked. Probably can't tell looking at me, but I've I've dropped a few. <laughs> uh, all right, six six two two five nine zero nine nine one. Last uh, few minutes here. Been going for a little bit. This will be the Monday morning podcast. Chase driving back now. Not going to make him do a podcast early in the morning. You can listen to this in podcast form tomorrow, and then we'll uh, we'll get back together on Tuesday morning, do a podcast. He and I will at some point tomorrow figure out what our plan is for for this week. Um, this was not something that we thought was coming a month ago, um, but here it is. So we'll figure out how we cover it and, um, and kind of go from there. So Ole Miss beats uh, Southern Miss five to nothing. Heads to Omaha for, um, I guess two months ago, we thought Omaha was probably going to happen. And a month ago, or I guess three months ago, we thought Omaha was going to happen. Two months ago, we thought this this season was a disaster. A month ago, we thought this was going to be the end of the Bianco era. And um, here we are. It's a hell of a story. It really is. When you When you take a step back and you look at the arc of this season, it's a roller coaster. It's... It's really remarkable. It's a it's a testament to Mike. It's a testament to his coaching staff, the kids on that team, to uh, get where they are today. On so many times, they were so close to being completely done. It's, it's really remarkable. Uh, let's see, Stanford and UConn top seven now. It's uh, eight to two. Stanford, Stanford, piercing control of this game to force a third game tomorrow. Still waiting on uh, East Carolina and Texas to resume. Uh, what's the other game? Let's see. I pull this back up. I'll... Tell you who's in. So as we kind of recap, Notre Dame is in after beating Tennessee today. Notre Dame advances to the College World Series. Uh, Texas A&M sweeps Louisville. They're in the College World Series. Oklahoma beat Virginia Tech today to win two games to one. The Sooners headed to Omaha as well. Uh, Arkansas swept North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Arkansas headed back to the College World Series a year after such a disappointing uh, super regional loss to NC State. Of course, Ole Miss, as we've been talking about, Ole Miss sweeps Southern Miss. Ole Miss undefeated in the postseason um, they're headed to Omaha. So the series that are left, East Carolina and Texas are in a weather delay in game three. 
Texas leads that game four to nothing. The winner of that game uh, advances to the College World Series. We talked about Stanford and Connecticut. That series uh, on its way to being tied one to one, and then we've talked throughout the night. Auburn and uh, Oregon State will play about a half hour from now. Auburn needs one win to um, clinch a spot in Omaha against Ole Miss. Oregon State needs to beat Auburn tonight, force a third game, and beat Auburn again on uh, Monday to earn the right to face Ole Miss on Saturday in Omaha. So that catches you up with the College World Series. Um, kind of last call, if you will, on on the phones. If you've got a you've got a call to make now's the time okay i missed i missed one uh, just a second ago from a 662588 number so if you call back i will grab you before we uh before we head out for the night really appreciate everybody joining in i know that um, in an ideal world you have chase on screen taking your calls for a couple of hours obviously that was impossible tonight with him being in hattiesburg and covering the post game and trying to write and get in the car and drive back so appreciate you putting up with me and uh making this show possible. Again, don't forget collegecornerstore.com. Go there, enter College World Series in the search, and um, get your Ole Miss-branded College World Series gear as the Rebels get ready to uh, head to Omaha later this week for uh, the second appearance, first appearance since 2014, a uh, appearance that puts an end to a lot of the whole Mike Bianco talk and all of those things that we've that we've done over the years. And, uh, yeah, Rebel Blamer says it just started raining again in East Carolina. They're probably probably staring at a a Monday finish to that game, which might actually be a good thing for East Carolina because they were they looked overwhelmed today. Maybe an extra day lets them get some pitching back, that kind of thing. Cliff and his team, it was painful to watch yesterday. Up 7-2, to two, they were basically celebrating, and then it got away. All right, we will stop there. Appreciate everyone for uh, for participating. Thanks to Brian Rippey for his time. Thanks to Chase for his time as well. We'll be back with an Oxford Exxon podcast on Tuesday morning. Have a full week of podcast planned for you and uh, coverage, of course, at rebelgrove.com of Ole Miss baseball as the Rebels get ready to uh, head to Omaha for a College World Series appearance. Again, thanks to College Corner Store for making this show uh, possible. Appreciate them. Please go to their site. And um, make sure they know that you appreciate them making uh, this show possible. So we'll talk to you again on Tuesday, and then we'll plan on doing a show similar to this one again on uh, Saturday after Ole Miss against either uh, Auburn or Oregon State. Until next time, take care.